I feel like with every decision that you make, there's going to be positive and negatives. Um, and that's, that is the world that we live in today. But I believe in both my statement and the video that I made that it, that stuff needed to be said. Uh, we needed to come together as a, as a, a group, uh, as players and show that we believe that black lives matter and that, that we believe that this needs to be informed and we need to be the role models to go out there and take that step. And obviously, um, it was great to, to find the support that we have gotten from the Chiefs, uh, from me, uh, from Coach Reed, from Clark Hunt, Mark Donovan. Uh, I've talked to Roger Goodell, and, and, he, and he has shown his support to us. Um, but it's, it's, it's something where I'm always going to be informed of my decision and understand that there's going to be good, good and there's going to be bad. Um, but if I believe something and I truly believe it, I'm going to, I'm going to, like Coach Reed says, let my personality show and I'm going to, I'm going to stand behind my words and uh, I'm going to take whatever consequences that comes with it. And hopefully they're positive. Um, but I'm going to be the best person that I can be first, uh, whatever that is. I always reference back to it in a lot of different situations. And I've talked about it today, but uh, I never had uh, a talk or like kind of how people have had with their, their dads or their parents about, being black and and the the inequalities that you could possibly have and I was blessed to be in a, a smaller town a smaller hometown where everybody kind of knew who I was and I never was put in a situation where I, I I felt like I was I was not getting the same privileges as someone else but as I've, I've grown older I, I've I've learned about it and and, th and through having a black side of my family and I've seen how how they feel about it and I've talked to people like uh that that are on that side of the family and I've also talked to people that are on my mom's side of the family and I just feel like I have a great perspective of 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 how people feel and how and how how the black community feels of of how they don't feel like they get the same uh uh I guess rights and and value in some situations and so my job I feel like having my platform is to to do whatever I can to to just bring those those feelings to light and let let the rest of the world understand how people feel and so that we can be a better community and a better a better world together. Like I said earlier, I, I believe in people and I and from from every conversation that I've had since that videos came out, everybody has shown support of of us. Uh, and we talked about peacefully protesting and we talked about uh, finding ways to fund social injustice programs and initiatives. And from Roger Goodell to, to Clark Hunt, to Mark Donovan, to players around the league, I feel like everybody has that same passion and, and wants to, to make this thing right and, and to do it the right way. And so I feel like uh, I'm going to give everybody those chance. I'm going to give everybody a chance. I mean, obviously action is going gonna, is gonna to have to happen. We're going to have to make sure that we, that we do go out and, and we make things happen within our community. If, 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 you, if players kneel on the field, they have the support of the, the team behind them. And I think that's just something that we're going to have to see. I mean, obviously a lot of talk we've talked and we've, and, and we've peacefully protested in the communities and everything like that. But until people go out there and, and, and action happens and change happens, uh, we won't know for sure, but I'm very excited for the opportunity to go out there and, and be a part of it and be a part of the change that's, that's going to happen in our community. It's my quarterback. All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. 
tuned into the spoken spoken ladies and gentlemen here is lance twidwell this is the spoken podcast i am your host lance twidwell here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell good. and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Our producer Gad is in the back as always, and we appreciate our guy Clay Windler. Uh, we have ourselves one hell of a show tonight, and I hope you guys are ready. I'm super excited about this one. Most of the time, we try to delve off into other topics, which is what we do. Uh, we're not a just a local Kansas City show, even though we are working exclusively with the Kansas City Podcast Network, but... There are shows where we're going to have a lot of Chiefs-related topics, and that's going to be tonight. So I hope you guys are ready for that, because even though it is in the dead heat of, literally, the heat of the summer, uh, and there is no football going on, you know what, man, there's a lot to still talk about when it comes to the Chiefs, because there's a lot of things going on in our society that attaches itself to the Chiefs, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But first of all, I want to thank all the listeners, all the viewers for being a part of this ride. It's been an absolute blast to this point. It flies by so quickly. And, um, man, I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as we do because we tr- we genuinely love this and we want to thank you for tuning in and joining us as we go along this journey. I want to start with something, though, because um, these last two weeks have been very, I would say, I would say this has probably been the, t- the toughest couple of weeks for us as a show. Not just because of the fact of what we've been dealing with the pandemic alone, but just with the way things have been in our society. But there are uplifting portions to all this, and I feel that those deserve as much of a coverage, if you will, when it comes to the positive things as there are the negative things. I feel like they both deserve equal representation, and we just we should discuss the good things that are going on as well. And there are, there are quite a few things I never thought I would do in my life, and one of those things is starting this show by talking NASCAR. Seriously, I never thought I would ever have that come off in a sentence on this show, ever. But with the leadership of Bubba Wallace Jr. and NASCAR as a whole, and what they took on this week... I was left with no other choice. NASCAR finally has decided that enough is enough and has officially banned the Confederate flag from being able to fly at their stadiums. Good job, NASCAR. You finally decided to demonstrate leadership. Then we had the NFL announce this week that they had, the, for the next decade, they will donate $250 million dedicated to combating injustice and racism that black Americans have continued to face. Good job, NFL. You finally decided to dis- demonstrate leadership as well. See, we're living in a time in which leadership is not only at an all-time level of importance, but it is needed from a vocal standpoint more than ever. The optics are looking better. More and more people are awakening to what many of us have been trying to get others to wake up to. And that's the common sense issues that take common sense to fix. Common sense, action, leadership. In April of 2017, the Chiefs decided that enough was enough. The Chiefs finally woke up and realized that the retread method was never the right way to develop a winning quarterback and a team for that matter and traded up for a transcendent talent in one Patrick Mahomes. Looking back now, you'd say that move was common sense. But I cannot tell you how many people pushed back, criticized, and flat-out disagreed with the Chiefs making this common-sense decision. But it took action from the Chiefs to change their stars, and change them they did. Needless to say, I was beside myself witnessing the leadership of the Chiefs making this decision. 
as a fan, seeing them take the quarterback position seriously for the first time in my lifetime brought me to tears. Because I knew that this was truly the beginning of the success I was to the, the success that it was to follow. I just knew it. I remember being on the Shaggy Shane show afterward and making the statement that Patrick Mahomes will lead this Chiefs team to multiple Super Bowls. Well, we have one down with many more to follow. However, something I have never said to anyone when it comes to why I was so ecstatic as to why the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, I want to share with you tonight. The talent, the highlight reel tendencies, the fact that he knew how to operate in a locker room due to growing up with his father, who was a well-known and a long-time major league pitcher. All those things aside, what what made almost made me happier than anything was knowing that the Chiefs had finally given the franchise keys to a black quarterback. To me, it only made sense that the Chiefs drafted their first black quarterback in franchise history the year following Kaepernick taking the biggest stand in NFL history by taking a knee. Blanketed by quick and consistent success, I knew that it was about to occur. Patrick Mahomes would eventually have the opportunity to speak out on the things that many had endured and what makes even more people feel uncomfortable. Three years later, here we are. I was born and raised in Kansas City. I love this city. I love that I'm from this city. But like all major cities, you're going to have parts and people in your city that you don't stand with or not proud of. From my experience, Kansas City has been a place that has a harder time adapting and adjusting to deal openly and honestly with topics like this. And that has always bothered me. Being a white kid that grew up in what many would deem the hood or some know it as Wyandotte or the dot, I quickly saw how different people viewed these issues simply by the color of their skin. And it sucked because I felt even at young ages that these types of issues issues should only unify a city, a people, not divide or keep divided. When the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, a black son of a black man, I knew that this day would come. I knew that he would be the one to stand up and speak out on these matters and to finally be the catalyst, the conduit to unifying the ones that otherwise would never speak two words to each other. There is a common bond in loving a team. Because when it's all stripped to its core, we as a fan look beyond the differences or disagreements we have with each other. Because when that kickoff takes off, all that matters to us is making sure a win is our team's end result. Well, the time has now come to us to accept and acknowledge that it goes so much deeper and further than just the game we love. It's time to rally around Patrick Mahomes and his leadership and accept the fact that our favorite team is led by an athlete activist. This message isn't just for Chiefs fans. I want to make that very clear. Because it's also just as much for the Chiefs as a whole, from top to bottom. I know the Chiefs have come out and supported Mahomes in stating Black Lives Matter, and I do believe that they truly do support the cause. But just like the city they've played in over the last 50 years, the Chiefs have unfortunately dealt with similar issues. 
This is their time to change their ways and wrap their arms around the players and causes that make a portion of their fan base and potentially some of their sponsors uncomfortable. You see, it's it's not cool. You see, it, it's it's not the cool and trendy thing to scream Black Lives Matter. It has it is now, but we didn't see the same energy a few years ago. Hell, a few weeks ago. So my challenge to the Chiefs is take the advice of one of their own players, Tyron Matthew, and keep that same energy. I will be honest. It still upsets me to this day that the Chiefs traded Marcus Peters for the same reasons they're standing in unison with Patrick Mahomes. But I am willing to move on from that, or at least make peace with it, if they stay consistent from here on out and do what is necessary to make right what once was wrong. It was the common sense move to stand behind Patrick Mahomes and his display for leadership and action. Now it's your turn and our turn to do the same. And we're going to take a quick break. Like I told you guys, tons of Chiefs action going on, tons of Chiefs talk to go on. There's not a lot of news going on, I promise you that. But we got some things to talk about. There's a particular star player on the Chiefs. His situation is very mysterious to me when it comes to his future, how long he's going to be a chief. And it's somebody that we don't talk a lot about when it comes to his contract, when it comes to his situation, and how long he's going to be a chief. I want to break down that mystery and what I'm, what I'm having a problem with when it comes to where we're at with this particular player. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. about in a different way when it came to the whole Tyree Kill situation. There were still some things coming out at that time. We even had our guy uh, Clay Windler come on the show and break some news that he had actually been informed about. It's a much different time in Kansas City than it was back then. Um, but nevertheless, I, I, I really want to break down some things when it comes to this team because I feel like there are some topics at hand that don't, don't, don't get discussed a lot in Kansas City and, and even by the media. And with the looming contracts of Patrick Mahomes and potentially hopefully Chris Jones's contract, um, I feel like, again, there's been some things that have slipped through the cracks. And one of those things has been something that I've seen very few shows and, and fans in general really even uh, even talk about because it's just almost assumed at this point that, that Travis Kelsey is going to be a chief forever. But I want to give you guys some facts about Travis Kelsey at this current time of his career in life. Travis Kelsey will be 31 in October. Travis Kelsey plays a position of little value in a general team-to-team sense, especially in comparisons to other more important positions like quarterback, edge rush, cornerback, outside linebacker, and wide receiver. 
Kelsey is also set to be an unrestricted free agent after the 2021 season in which he will be turning 33. The positives, of course, is that no tight end in the history of the NFL has had a four-year stretch like Kelsey's had and is currently still riding on. Not to mention the fact that Kelsey hasn't missed a game due to injury since his rookie campaign in 2013. So with Kelsey's obvious durability aside, Father Time waits for no man. I believe Travis Kelsey has years left in him. I, I definitely do. High-level years, no less. I believe that the Chiefs believe that as well. So the question is, what is happening? Why haven't the Chiefs given Kelsey an extension? Is it because of Mahomes and his inevitable deal or the Chiefs you know, uh, pinching out pennies at the arcade games at up-down to put together enough money to give Chris Jones the contract he's looking for to stay in Kansas City? I mean, it could be one of those things or both or neither. The fact is... The Chiefs have had a situation on their hands with their future Hall of Fame tight end, and I want to see them resolve it quickly, and, and right now, honestly. Not just because I think we all can agree that Kelsey has more than earned it, but also because I don't think keeping a veteran like Kelsey on a short-term deal while in his prime sends the right message to potential free agent names. And yes, Mahomes will naturally attract big names, but if you're planning to land the names that are looking for long-term landing spots, they're going to look at your franchise's track record and how you conducted business with veterans from within. And I think that this should be a bigger deal than it seems to be for both the team and the fan base. Because assumptions of a lasting relationship or not, business is business at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, the NFL is just that, a business. So I'm going to start with you, Trev. Mm. I know you're a massive Travis Kelsey fan. You've been a big fan of his since day one. Um, I think it was a nice little segue with him because of the fact that your favorite chief of all time was Tony Gonzalez. So the position might have a little bit of a bias as well. But nevertheless, Travis Kelsey has been an insanely valuable player for for this team over the course of the last six, seven seasons, let alone the last four. Right. At the same time, I think you guys could all acknowledge the fact that it's, it's not really been addressed. It's not really been talked about a lot. Even us, we, I think we've been guilty of it in this, own, this very show, where we don't discuss the fact that we might be seeing Travis Kelsey for the last time in 2021 as a Chief. That is a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but what, what are your thoughts on this overall? Why is it you think that we don't discuss this, and how do you see the future of Travis Kelsey going as a Chief? Yeah, I mean, business is business, like you said, and Travis Kelsey is good for business. Um, He's good for the, the, the marketability of Mahomes. He's the safety blanket for Mahomes. He's the best friend on this team as far as true weapons go for Mahomes. Um, he's sort of like the big brother to Mahomes. Their relationship is brother-like. And there's already been reports out that obviously nobody's practicing yet, but he's already been hanging out with Travis Kelsey, and they've been throwing the ball around, supposedly. They've been having their own little like private you know, uh, playing of catch, if you will. Um, so that, that goes to show you, this, this franchise did what during the draft with our first-round pick? They went to Patrick Mahomes and said, who do you want? And they let him pretty much damn near handpick the first-round pick of this draft. If he has that kind of power, that kind of pull, Mahomes is going to do what he can to have his number one target on, remain on this team until he's just outright unable to do it anymore. Um, I think Travis Kelsey is the number one weapon on this team, hands down. The most deadliest weapon, obviously, is Tyreek Hill as far as his overall just dangerous and, and having to plan for But Travis Kelsey is the, the most consistent weapon we've had on this team for the last four years. Um, so in my mind, I don't see – I know there's a possibility that this could be his last season. I just – honestly, I, I can't really fathom it happening, though. Well, it, just, would be, it would be 2021, this final season, because that's when he's, he becomes an unrestricted free agent after 2021. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just I, – I think they're going to get – I just personally feel they're going to get something done. Um, 
because personally, in my mind, I think at this point, I think he's more valuable to this team than even the Chris Jones is. I know Chris Jones plays a more important position, but from what we've seen from Travis Kelsey in the big moments in the Super Bowl alone, playoff games, his consistency, his, his, his availability, um, and then he, he has the trust of the most important player on this team, which is the quarterback of our team, Patrick Mahomes. That to me is more valuable than anything else right now outside of Patrick Mahomes himself. So I think that, and I think the I think the front office knows. I think the ownership knows. I think Coach Reed knows. I think they all know how how important Travis Kelsey is. And I think they're going to do. I don't think it's going to take too much convincing or too much twisting the arm or or as far as working things out numbers wise for for Travis Kelsey to remain. And he's made it abundantly clear his entire career that he wants to be here. He wants to be a chief for life. Not only for the the fact that he can win more uh, and build his resume and win more rings. But also his numbers, he's not promised to have these kind of numbers anywhere else he goes, you know, because he's not going to have the same people throwing. I know he had good numbers with, 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 with Alex Smith too, but in Reed's system, he's guaranteed, almost guaranteed those numbers if he's a healthy player on the field. So in my mind, I just don't see, I can't really fathom it happening. I, I almost guarantee you guys that they're going to work something out and keep him here for another handful of years at least. So. Okay. Uh, I, might, I might go a little bit different from you guys. Uh, I like what you said at the beginning before you, you started going off, and, and you said business is, is business, mm-hmm. you know? At the end of the day, we're looking at Travis Kelsey being 31. You're looking at, at, at 2021, possibly, what was he, uh, 30, he's going to be 32? He'll be 33 after the 2021 20, season. Exactly, yeah. so 33. So you're looking at a 33-year-old 33, uh, 33 tight end. Uh, if you want to get something out of Travis Kelsey, let, uh, let's say you, 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 you've done – what you you could you can you, you you took anything everything out of Travis Kelsey that you needed. Yeah. You got a couple Super Bowls. He's uh, thirty two. Uh, let's say he plays this whole. He's gonna play this whole season. Next year you start looking into options. Mm-hmm. Like what what what's a real option for me? Like uh, as a business wise, should I sign a thirty two year old for uh, another three four years? Or should I look into trading him and possibly getting some draft picks to go to the draft and get a get a rookie, uh, get a young a young guy uh, up and coming and, and, and turn him into the next Travis Kelsey? Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's going to be a, a really tough decision for the Chiefs, and I think we haven't heard much much of it because uh, I think uh, the Chiefs they know what they want, but at the same time. Dealing with that kind of talent is kind of like, it's it's, it's kind of hard because of the age. The, the age is going to be the biggest factor in this whole, if he gets a deal or not. Mm-hmm. Being thirty two, I get it. You, you're the star of the uh, like, you're the star of the team. But at the same time, how many more years can I get of prime talent out so of you? Are you talking about maybe them possibly trading him towards the end of his? Uh, yeah, possibly trade. Uh, let's say they trade him uh, before uh, the beginning of next season to get something out of it. Let's say he has another. One thousand career uh, career season, mm-hmm. a thousand yard career, uh, thousand yard season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then you can get probably the best you can out of a thirty two year old for next season, yeah. and then you can bring in that next next tight end uh, up and coming, or you can just keep Travis Kelsey for the next season, let him go. Well, tight ends are going to succeed in this system either way. Yeah, and and ex- exactly. They don't that's, have the talent. That's that's, a, that's the yeah. negative on Travis Kelsey because. It doesn't matter who you have as a tight end; they're mm-hmm. going to succeed. And if they can I mean, find that, gonna, yeah. if, they, if, if they can if they can find that younger version of Travis Kelsey that can also block, yeah, 
the Chiefs are going to turn the other way. Well, Titans, that's, have, that's, definitely, that's, Titans yeah. have definitely evolved over exactly. the last few yes. years. So sure. as much as we love Travis Kelsey, there's 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 going to be a point where we got to learn how to let let it go. You know, and plus, I mean? like I said though, with the pull that Mahomes has, I think that's going to be a no, big I, factor. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. They're going to console. They're going to come to Patrick Mahomes. Yes, but they the came same, to him for the first round but pick. The, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. he he does not own the he does not own the the, the, the business side. He, sure. he doesn't control that. So at the end of the day. <laughs> So at the end of the day, it's it's gonna be more of what's best for the for the future, not what's best for. I can see right both now. sides of it absolutely. So it, so no. I'm gonna go with I, I think Travis Kelsey could be looking at his uh, last year's with the Chiefs. That's, that's where I'm gonna go. Uh, that's that's an interesting viewpoint on it because I think that that is obviously the unpopular opinion it's of realistic, it, and that's though, not what can... fans want to hear. Right. But you're right. That is the reality of certain, especially in the NFL, with yes. with the cap being as, as structured as it is. I know it's funny money at the end of the day, yeah. but a lot of times there are cap casualties. And we've seen we've seen teams pay up for worse, right? And, 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 to, and to the point that you know, tight ends in this offense will naturally flourish. I mean, even Demetrius Harris had games. You know what I mean? Like when you have yeah. a quarterback as great and as transcendent as Patrick Mahomes, he's going to naturally make guys look better than what they even really are. Right. Now the difference is is that in this particular situation, the Chiefs have themselves one of the all time great tight ends, and that is something you have to take seriously because although yes, you can get bit, you can get production out of the position no matter really who's there. Yeah. There is a difference maker at that position, and when you have that, you have to really take that seriously. And so I think it's going to really come down to two things, and they're both on Travis Kelsey's side. I think it's going to come down to what Travis Kelsey is willing to work with monetarily. Uh, because it, if you look at his deal right now, it's extremely team-friendly right now oh, as it cheap. is. It's, it's extremely team-friendly, even yeah. throughout the duration of For it. For his abilities, yeah. Right, and, and his production, his consistent production. You've heard nothing about him you know, bitching and complaining about a contract extension, which, to be honest, if he did, I wouldn't blame him at all. In that's fact, why, I'd be on his side. That's why I feel confident, though, that they're going to get something. I think there's discussions going on. But then on there's the other course. side of it, and this is the side that I don't think that we really think about a lot just because of how healthy he's been. It's going to come down to how his body is. After this next season and, and the year after, that, that's, that's what I say. Age is going to yes. be the biggest factor. But not in just this, not just age. I'm talking thing. about like also like wear and tear. Yeah, because yes. the, yeah, because he's lost this a little is, step to over the last now, year. I don't want to delve off into this too far. I want to keep it on Travis Kelsey. But I think this is also the important side of the Chiefs adding so much depth on the offensive side this offseason. When you went and got DeAndre Washington, and you went and got uh, uh, obviously Ceh, you kept Sammy Watkins. You know, McCall Hardman. McCall yeah. Hardman, you keep him. You know, you got him last the year before. Like, yeah. you know, they, they, you're going to take a little bit of that pressure off of Travis Kelsey um, to the point where he's not going to have to go out and get 100 catches per season into his 30s if that's what the Chiefs plan on doing. I could see it being something similar to how the Cowboys handled Jason Witten. And now Jason Witten obviously is back or in the NFL and he's been playing for the Raiders this year. Mm. But he's also, I think, 38 years old. So this is way far into the future as far as a Travis Kelsey comparison. But you saw the way the Cowboys handled Jason Witten towards the end of his duration with the Cowboys, even between the times of going into Monday Night Football and coming back, is that you kind of have these short-term deals. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't understand why it's not even that we're not getting it done. It's the fact that you don't hear anything about it. And, and his contract is coming up. He will be an unrestricted free agent I, in 2021. Yeah. I think just for the simple fact that the big, two of the biggest positions that the Chiefs could, could have are under contract right now, under negotiations right now. I think that's why Travis Kelsey does not get that, that much uh, recognition. Yes, he's a superstar. Yes, he's a great talent. Yes, he helps this, this, this team succeed. But at the end of the day, you're looking into Chris Jones and... Patrick Mahomes being the two biggest, probably the two biggest stars we have in this in this roster. Mm-hmm. So dealing with those two contracts, you're obviously going to put aside Travis Kelsey as much as it 
it probably probably fans hate that, but you, like I said, it's a business, so you got to look at like what's best for you right now. I don't now. know if the fans are aware though. Yeah, like I wonder if you did a poll, if we did a poll right now and asked Chiefs fans, do you know Travis Kelsey's current contract extension? Uh, or his, his current contract situation. Uh, do you think he'll play his whole career? I guarantee you, you're going to have 80-90% of people saying, oh, he'll play her forever, and no, I don't know his contract situation, because everyone just assumes he's just going to be here forever, and I think that is a problem, because there is a real possibility he isn't going to be here after 2021. I, I know be- that sucks to say, because I don't want to see that happen, I mean, because I do believe he's got another four or five years of really good football. Okay, do you, do you think? Do you think that? Sorry, uh, do you think the fact that Sammy Watkins is more than likely going to be gone after this season helps Kelsey's future of sticking around? Because there's a good chance. Obviously, there's a good chance that Sammy is going to play this year and then possibly go more than possibly go elsewhere unless they restructure something and figure out something for him. He would have to take a pay cut because I'm pretty sure, especially if he has a good year this year again, or better than last year, obviously. Um, but do you think that I think I think that that helps Kelsey's case of sticking around and figuring something out, especially it, if, if Sammy's gone? You don't want to lose Sammy and Travis Kelsey no, it, in the same time span. It, it helps in the salary, like the monetary wise. It helps in the money wise. But a lot of it depends on Chris Jones. No, I absolutely I absolutely believe you lose Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey Tra- becomes that much more valuable. Abs, that's what I'm yes. saying. Like, even that, at an extended security. age, even yeah. at an extended age, you're, you're talking about because of the familiarity of the system, because of the camaraderie he has with him being Holmes. the number one targeted There's player. There's so many boxes team. that are checked yeah. once a guy like Sammy Watkins. And I don't think Sammy's going to have a lot of weight in this situation in particular, but if, if, if you're adding things up and saying, well, we also lost Sammy yeah. Watkins along with all this stuff, we're talking we probably should extend Travis in this situation. Yeah. And again, I'm not sitting here pretending or, or making the claim the Chiefs and Travis haven't discussed this. I, I, For all I know, after the show, we're going to hear that Travis Kelsey signed a three-year extension with the Chiefs. The point, though, is, is that there's there's literally been nothing I've heard. I've reached out to other sources that we have. It's it's radio silence. But that, right. as fans, though, I think that's what we want. We want we want this to be silent right now because we're already dealing with you know wondering Chris when Jones Mahomes is going to get his shit and when Chris Jones is going to get his shit. And imagine when you're dealing with Travis Kelsey speaking out now. That would, that would not be you what we want. You say that, but then think about it on this side. We talk a lot about Patrick Mahomes getting his extension because of why. We know it's happening. Yeah. We talk about Chris Jones and his and his potential extension because why. We know it should happen. So when it comes to no Travis Kelsey talk, that makes me wonder, where's the consistency here? Why are we not hearing anything about I'm it? I'm more confident in Travis Kelsey getting being, sticking around here than Chris Jones getting done. Yeah. I'm definitely more confident. I, I, I agree with because you. Because of the camaraderie that. between him and Pat. But, because Chris Jones, well, Chris also, Jones, Travis Kelsey Jones separated be, himself from the whole thing. But Travis right. Kelsey would be a lot cheaper, too. No, 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 no doubt. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's, I, I, I think just, that's the ultimate reason why that would probably it's be not even that for me. It's just the fact that well, who he is and how, how close he is to the, the most important piece of this I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that part, but I don't think that's the ultimate deciding factor when it comes to the money side. Like, of course, like he's not demanding $20 million yeah, a year. Travis yeah. Kelsey's never going to get a $20 million a year right, contract. Right, that's just not going to happen from his tight end position alone. Look at Jimmy Graham and what happened with him and the Saints, and that's why he ended up getting moved. My question for you guys will be when is it when when is it right or f- proper for the Chiefs to start looking into that replacement for Travis Kelsey? Being go ahead. I, once again, I'm gonna put age in there. Age yeah. is a big factor. Yes, it is. And like you said, a tear, a wear and tear is also a big factor in this. So when when can the Chiefs start looking into this uh, this replacement? It's simple. Like when, it's it's simple. If if they're looking at the future without Travis Kelsey. I would hope that they would take that position a little bit more seriously immediately. I don't want them to sit here and go, well, after 2021, we'll revisit the position. because, And I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm being hypocritical here because at the end of the day, the tight end position is not one of the more important positions on the field. It's not. It is a luxury position. 
The point, though, is is that you're looking at a significant drop-off in production naturally when you're going from a Travis Kelsey to what you're more likely going to get in his replacement. You're more likely, because look at the Chiefs. Of all the franchises in football history, in NFL history, the Chiefs have nailed it at tight end better than anyone. I mean, they really have. So well, we got to, Ricky to Seals think, Jones too now, who I think is a, is an underrated pickup. But yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, but the, 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 yeah, and that and that could be a thing. Seals Jones could be the guy. 25, He's only twenty five years yeah. old. Who knows? If, if the Chiefs really like what they see out of him, he'll be 26, 27 by that time. Right. Maybe they think he's the, he's going to be the guy that you know they can set their sails to at the tight end position. Arizona, you know, yeah, tougher. Yeah. You know, he he won't be at a premium like a Travis Kelsey because he doesn't have the cachet of a Travis Kelsey. My point is this: I just hope that the Chiefs are taking this as seriously as they would any other contract because of the fact of what we've just stated. This guy is a absolute staple to what this team is doing and has done. I mean, he was putting up numbers with Alex Smith as his quarterback. Yeah. That isn't easy to do when you're a receiving tight end. It is not easy to do. Only Vernon Davis could do something like that. And Vernon Davis is one of the better tight ends we've seen in football in a long time. So, Travis Kelsey needs to be valued. I just hope he's being valued because the dude's been all class, at least to what we've heard and what we've seen. Especially how he started his career with, with his character. And how much he's grown, How yes. much he's evolved, for sure. Absolutely. So, my hope and my instincts are, yes, I'm with you guys. I think that they're going to extend him. I think they're going to find a way to make this a long-term thing where he can hopefully hang it up in Kansas City because that doesn't happen very often in today's NFL, especially at this skill position. You see guys start to bounce around as their careers start to you know progress. Yeah. That's that's the more likely scenario, but with the situation being so unique and him and, tra- him and Patrick Mahomes having the, the situation they have and, 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 and Andy Reid being the one that drafted him in that first draft – I think that there is something to that, and I can. I'm hoping that Travis Kelsey's here for the, the duration of his career because I think he's going to be one of those I guys. Think, I think that in his mid 30s is still playing at a high yeah, level. Yeah, I think he's going to be the Antonio Gates of Kansas City. I think he's going to be one of those guys that sticks around, has consistent numbers, is always you know it takes those you know short term contracts and just finds a way to keep you know keep himself grounded here in the city they love and the city that he's I, always wanted to be. Yeah, in. I, I believe it's going to be another Tony G kind of situation. That mean well, well he that, plays that, late in yeah. his career and then goes somewhere the difference, else. Difference though, yeah. is Tony G. That whole he situation left. was completely. He, he left because he went. There was, bad, the there was bad blood with the front office here in Kansas and he City, left and win. he wasn't winning. He, yeah. and he wasn't winning. Travis Kelsey knows where he's going to get the majority of his winning in because if he's Tony already G, a Hall of Famer. If Tony G was coming off a ring, there's no way. He yeah, left. Travis Kelsey's just lapping the field at this point. Yeah. He's already a Hall of Fame, right? But at the same time, ring of honor, no doubt. Wouldn't you want to prove that you're, you know, you're that talent without Mahomes? I think he's already done that, though, because he's played the majority of his career without Mahomes. you got to remember that. Travis, Patrick Mahomes has only been the starting quarterback for two years. Travis Kelsey's been in the league for seven. And it's not like he's so, like some like wide receiver one, elite wide receiver one that needs that, that glorification. He's a, he's a tight end in this league. Tight ends don't necessarily uh, seek that kind of approval from the league. They, these guys kind of know what they do. They do the dirty work. and they, you know, Travis Kelsey's definitely more one of them. If he, he has elite wide receiver numbers, but I don't think he's that guy. I think when he first came into the league, he was that Malby kind of guy and was looking for that. But I think he's changed so much, and I think he's more content with his his personal life, let alone his business and athletic career. I, I think he's just a different person. Well, he's at this an point. absolute leader. Yeah, like like you talk about, he is the big brother to Patrick Mahomes. Like, he doubt. is a guy I truly like. Everybody gives Alex Smith all this credit, and I get it. Alex Smith probably did a lot for Patrick Mahomes oh, as a person and maturity, as a quarterback. I'm absolutely. sure of that. Yeah, yeah. But. Travis Kelsey's now been here longer than Alex Smith has been here in regards to actually their whole career. He's been here his entire career. He's been here seven years where Alex Smith was here for five. Mm -hmm. And then you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey being the guys that led this offense from 2018 to right now. So there is 
There is something that cannot be ignored when it comes to this relationship that the Chiefs as a whole and Travis Kelsey have. And I'm willing to bet, and I'm going to give Travis the benefit of the doubt here, and the Chiefs for that matter, that that is why he stayed so silent about all this. Because I think he truly believes they're going to take care of me when that day comes. I just... I wanted to bring it up because I felt like it's something that needs to be talked about because it's not talked about. I listen to radio. I watch all the shows constantly, and I'm looking for I'm literally looking for it from local radio and local shows and fan base, from the fan base. No one talks about it, and it's something that I think deserves to be talked about because, again, although we all can sit here and assume that Travis Kelsey's going to be here until he retires— there is a significant chance he isn't. He's on the back burner right now. That's, I think that's fine. I don't think there's a big issue with it. I think he's going to get taken care of. I truly he's, do. Yeah, I, he's, like a, he's just put aside. Right I now. hope you guys are right. I, I genuinely, I don't want to suggest that he's that there's something going on so where they're not going to keep him for the next five years. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that because of the fact that it's been so quiet and it's been the exact opposite when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the fan base won't stop talking about Chris Jones. We've talked about it at least ten times yeah. on the show. And the fact that we haven't talked to and you guys have all said it, Travis Kelsey is a superstar, and you've said yourself, Trevor, you think he's more valuable to this team than, than Chris Jones, and we have all these people clamoring as to whether that. they should sign Chris Jones or not, and he's going to be worth even more money. Right. I feel like it, we, it deserves to be put on the platform for us to discuss, whether something crazy happens or it's just more of the same. And then, like I said, at the end of the show, we get breaking news. Adam Schefter breaks it. Therese Pella breaks it. Three-year, $35 million deal with Travis Kelsey. It could happen, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, and I hope it happens, and I guarantee you 100% of the poll, is that if we ask the question, would you want to see Travis Kelsey retire as a chief, I guarantee you 100% of the fans are going to say yes yeah. because he's great and he's awesome to the fan base. It just makes total sense. At the end of the day, though, this is a business, and if the Chiefs aren't trying to spend money on an aging tight end, I get it. I do get it. it and it's a, it's I a, won't be mad. I would be distraught. I'll, I'll be upset. Not in a way of where I hate the Chiefs or I'm mad that they made the decision. It's just because you know that that's exactly how it went with Tony Gonzalez. Like they, He didn't get to finish his career in Kansas City, and I felt like he should have. That, that should have been the case. The Chiefs should have been better to where Tony felt like he could have stayed, whereas Travis Kelsey has the perfect situation, and if the Chiefs still find a way to let him yeah, go, Tony that went, will Tony went to a better situation in Atlanta. That was a better team set up for a better playoff with run. A better quarterback. Were, right, so it's not that, that situation, to, to me, is completely different. Yeah. But. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think? Of what's what's going to happen with Travis Kelsey? Is is he going to be a chief for the remainder of his career? Or is he going to go elsewhere? I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. But again, we're going to leave it there. And when we come back, we're getting some thoughts from the man. He's going to have his own hour, the Eddie hour. We're going we're gonna to crack his brain a little bit. He's going to ask a few questions and see what we think about the questions he got. He told me before the show that my ass better be prepared. So oh, yeah. trust me when I say this ass is trying to get prepared for whatever's about to head our way. So we'll get back to that after this. We are building it bigger. We are widening the corridors and adding more lanes. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We are now accepting callers for these pendant keychains. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Hey, yo. Making us look cool, or at least as cool as we possibly can look. And our guy Clay Windler as well on the production side. We definitely appreciate everything they do for us. It is time for the Eddie Hour. So, Eddie, take away All what right. we are doing here and have your hour, brother. All right, my first question. U.S. Soccer Association, 
football, soccer, uh, not soccer, football. Mm. We'll go with football. Football's football. better than football. soccer. I agree. <laughs> That's what the real is. football. Yeah. Hey. All right. So U.S. Soccer Association uh, is to end the the ban on kneeling during the national anthem. I want to hear your thoughts on that, and also, do you think this gains so much momentum because it's something that fans are showing the NFL uh, what the, the the U.S. national team is doing? Is that why it gains so much uh, notoriety or uh, so much news traction? Yeah. Do you, Do you think this was like a a shot to, towards the NFL from other fans saying, "Hey, if they're doing it, why aren't you doing it?" So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, uh, this is um, kind of what I would consider a chain reaction type of event. I think that, like I said in the opening monologue, it's it's becoming more of a easier, trendier thing for leagues and players and athletes and coaches, for that matter, to to do, because it's not as or not even close to as hated or frowned upon as it was just a few weeks ago. And um, so, yeah, I, I, to answer your question just candidly, I think that's definitely what it is. I think that is 100% what it is. Um, we're, we're, we're looking to not just justice, but we're looking to see who is aware of, of what's going on and, and to who's standing, with, who's standing with who. Like Bill O'Brien came out, uh, I think, today and talked about how he's going to kneel with the players. Well, that's great. But here's the thing. I didn't hear shit from Bill O'Brien when his former owner, the late whatever his name was, Bob right. McNair, I think it was, um, was talking about you know basically uh, 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 you know equating the players to prisoners, which is an insanely racist thing to say. Whether people want to twist that or not, that is exactly what that was. Didn't hear a fucking word from Bill O'Brien when it came to that or any other. But but race. now that but now that we're in this trend of hey let's all talk about Black Lives Matter and it's a good thing. But where is your action? Why is it now that you're deciding to do what you do? So when it comes to calling out the NFL, the NFL is the ones of all that need to be called out because they're the ones that blackballed a player for simply having a peaceful protest, which we all know is Colin Kaepernick. Sure, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, it's only a good thing. This, that is only a good thing. I can't really find a negative in that because it's the most popular sport in the world, which is soccer, which is football, is going to – that. Any, any, they have the biggest influence as far as global sports goes. So starting there is, I know it's the American League, but starting there is a good spot to start. And, and, and even the NFL can be influenced by that. But a lot of this does seem very reactive instead of proactive. That's the only problem I have, even with the NASCAR shit. That shit should have been done a long time ago. We have a problem in this country specifically to be reactive. We wait till shit breaks, till things, till the, the boiling point of shit. Then we start reacting to things instead of being proactive. The league, the NFL should have been proactive when the first time. They were so unproactive that they just all outright stopped airing the national anthem during football games. And I touched on this last week. I just It's so ridiculous to me. They were so ashamed of peaceful protesting, even though we had military people for it. And, 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 and with the movement, they, they, just, they still denied to even air that whole situation and, and the song and everything itself. So, it's a good thing that they're doing that because any kind of influence, and we're starting to see everything literally start to kind of crumble to this movement, which, like I said, is a good thing. We can't help it. It, it. It can't really be a negative thing, but we're being very reactive right now, which is good, but this should be a, a call to everyone to start being more proactive and being on top of things and stop letting things get disastrous before we actually make things happen. 
So, I mean, the fact they're doing something now and they're, they're not banning that and they're not, you know, they're letting players have a voice. They're letting anyone have a voice that's working with, you know, coaches, you, you name it. Bill O'Brien, Neal's great, man. That's, that's great. But let's, let's try to be on top of things from here moving forward. That's how I feel about it. Yes. Just to add to that, uh, the Premier League in England, uh, the, the soccer, soccer league out there, uh, they came out in full support of players uh, who kneel before or during a match. See, that's huge. And, and this is this is this is shocking. It can be it can be seem seem as shocking because FIFA tries to stay away from politics as much as possible, mm. just for the simple fact that like they just they just want to do the sport and then yeah. like you know like not focus on politics for sure. So it can, it, you can kind of see like how leagues are like getting more. Involved, I guess you can say, into politics, into movements mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is kind of like it kind of goes against what FIFA believes in. So, so it's 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 shocking for me to start like seeing leagues out there actually taking that step and not giving a not giving a fuck who like who or what tells them what mm. not and what to do. So it's it's pretty big. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's huge, man. All right. So my next question is. Russell Westbrook is to produce a series on the Tulsa Tulsa Race Massacre. <laughs> is is Russell is is Westbrook the best choice, or if you had another person in mind, who would it be and why? As they like to produce this, this <laughs> I would like series. I would like Kevin Durant to be involved just just for the fact of how it all ended <laughs> and there. All his burner's accounts. <laughs> <laughs> he like live streams it from his ninety five burner account. I think Russell Westbrook is a great uh, a person for this because of the fact that I think no matter what happens for the remainder of his career. The man is going to be loved in OKC forever. Um, he's going to be always—he's always going to be viewed as the last one, you know, of, of the bunch. You had James Harden and Serge Ibaka, and then Kevin Durant ultimately leave, and then it left you know Westbrook with a bunch of good players, not great players. And I think that something about that Midwest feel—you know—they—they're they, loyal to theirs that are loyal to them. And I think he wanted to be in OKC. He definitely wanted to win there. So I think there's something that he carries and embodies for that that neighbor or that that uh, area of the country that is going to last forever. And knowing how Kansas City and OKC are a lot alike, even guys like Mike Sweeney out here in Kansas City who was injury-ridden for the majority of his career out here is still so beloved even to this day by so many people. Imagine Mr. Triple-Double doing something to this magnitude. I think it's definitely something everyone would sign on. And to be honest with you, I, I'd be hard-pressed to figure out somebody, especially in the athletic world, that would be more qualified for okay, Oklahoma City to do this. Well, it, it's it's about the Tulsa race massacre. Right, right. So if they're just, looking for an athlete celebrity, I think he's the perfect guy. Yep. No, but yeah, but uh, but I'm saying if they're looking like for someone in just in general to 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 produce this series, I don't think he's directing it, but I think producing is basically just financially push or you know, supporting it. it. Yeah, backing it. Right. So, so I mean, the dude just got himself a big ass contract. So I think he, I think he'd be the guy to. To have backing your, you know, if you're trying to get at the top tier production, yeah, that's probably the guy you want to go to. <laughs> yeah, I also think he's perfect for it. I wouldn't want anybody else doing it for the not only for the fact of his ties to the city, but for his attitude. Um, if I was gonna have someone backing that story and not, you know, not taking any details out and being all balls out, all balls to the wall information, letting everyone know all the gruesome details of that story, it's Russell Westbrook because the guy is. We all know he's he's an uncensored type. He always speaks his mind. He's very raw. Shit, I wouldn't even care if the guy directed it and did the voiceover shit for it, narrated it. Like I, I would love, I, I love his personality. We've seen his interactions with fans. He just, he takes no one's shit. So I think he's the kind of perfect personality to back something like this, especially in the time right now that we're in. 
to you know make people even more uncomfortable with the stories that we don't like to talk about. So I think he's perfect for it. And especially because this hasn't been really thought, talked about in, in history yeah, class. It's so a dark mark in history, it's, man. It's it's something that that we need out there. You know, like absolutely. I I honestly did not know what this was yeah. uh, when it came out. Like the people were sharing the story about. Two three weeks ago, yeah. I personally did not know. That I, and I Black had, Wall Street, I had, a lot I had of that never, shit. I had never heard of it. So, well, I mean, think about this though, real quick, Eddie. Uh, when it comes to things like this, when it comes to tragedies for a certain region, you are looking for big names like Russell Westbrook to be the guy that backs this, not just financially, but just with the name recognition yeah. and the cachet that his name carries. So, like, if you really like took inventory, the only guy that comes to mind that I feel like would e- e- equal. Uh, Russell Westbrook's validity when it comes to something like this in that region is like a Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody like that that played college ball in that area. Uh, somebody like that, because college football is very important in Oklahoma. Oh, I do know that. Yeah. Uh, or like an Adrian Peterson type of guy. You know, I don't know how attached those guys are still to Oklahoma, but I do know that that Russell Westbrook will forever be a legend. Well, and plus, and plus I, I love seeing this movement of athletes branching out and doing other things. Because no, we've never seen as many athletes do this as much as we've seen athletes from this generation do mm-hmm. branch out and, and 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 have like LeBron has kind of led the way with that. If we're being honest, be vocal, you know, yeah, yeah. being not even, not even being an activist, but being you know venturing out to different business things, you know, getting involved in, in film, getting involved in, in producing music, yeah. being a musician, Dame, you know, Dame Dollar or Damian Lillard. You know, all that stuff. Like, like we've seen Eric athletes. Gordon. I mean, I always seen Shaq. Shaq you know, Breeland. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've seen that spotty. We've seen Kobe and Shaq do their little rap videos and stuff. And that's, you know, been a thing here and there. But we've seen, I love the success that these, these young athletes are, are doing, especially young black athletes that are doing to branch themselves out and make a bigger name and make it more of a legacy other than what they do in their specified sport. So, right. more power to them, man. All right, my next question is is, is NBA related. Uh, Good. LaMarcus Aldridge being out for the season due to surgery, I believe it was his shoulder. Are the Spurs even more vulnerable now? Oh, they're fucked. Yeah, they're not. They, they were they were going to lose in the first round regardless. Um, they just don't. They simply just don't have the talent. Yeah. Uh, and LaMarcus Aldridge was by far their best player, and to lose him to a I think it was a torn labrum, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it, it was a torn labor or a rotator cuff. I think it might, it might have been a rotator. shoulder injury. Yeah, it was yeah. a rotator cuff probably. I said torn labor, didn't I? Yeah. So it, it was a rotator cuff. Regardless, he decided to get it cleaned up. I don't even think it was a necessary surgery at this point. I think they said he could have played through it. I just think that they realized that, look, this this season's a wrap. We don't have a shot. Just kind of have. To, this is how it's going to have to be. Yes, the Spurs are a team that are more likely on the on the precipice of getting swept, and, and if they even get into the whole situation that they're supposed to get into, so it just sucks because Lamarcus Aldridge is a really good player, and I like I always root for Pop naturally just because I love I love Greg Popovich as a person as a coach. Oh yeah, but it, yeah, this Spurs it's just a wrap this year. Yeah, so that roster right that, thing to do. Yeah, that roster is not deep, but I mean. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure at this point of the of the year, Demarcus Cousins is, is healthy at this point now. I think they could try if they really were desperate to try to make a move for another big that's crafty and, and in my mind's better than than Aldridge is. Um, I think Demarcus Cousins. I know about this point he's better than Aldridge, but I think that's a guy you can go you know plug and play and be have similar numbers, maybe even better numbers. But I don't know. I know Demarcus Cousins is still available. He's a free agent. They can. There are free agents available that can be picked up at this because of everything that's happened. Um, they can definitely go pick him up. But as far as their, their, the, the actual depth of their roster, I don't see them making a push either way. So. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. 
So we've seen in the news, uh, we've seen Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury have just signed a two-fight contract. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, well, this is actually one of the few matchups that I think people would be interested in when it comes to boxing at this time and place. Um, Anthony Joshua, to me, is, is such a hit-and-miss boxer. He's the type of guy that I think can knock out any given heavyweight there is out there, and that includes Tyson Fury. I could see Joshua landing one on his chin and knocking him out. I could also see Anthony Joshua going there getting his ass beat, and I think that's more than likely what's going to happen. Um, I do believe that the first fight's going to be closer than it seems, and so they're going to use that as a narrative to justify a second fight. This is just how this is how desperate boxing is at this point, is that you don't have a, a plethora of heavyweights, which is what the driving force of boxing is heavyweights. For sure. Um, and unfortunately, you only have a certain amount of guys to really throw at each other. I do believe that we're going to see another Wilder Fury. I do think that that's going to happen. It has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just because it's split. It's 1-1 right now. So I think this is the warm-up fight. I think this is where, you know, you have Tyson Fury fight, Joshua beat him, and then you start hearing those Wilder talks, then Fury and Joshua fight one more time, and then by 2021, we're seeing a Wilder Fury 3. So not to discredit Anthony Joshua, because he is a solid boxer. Mm-hmm. He is. He's, he's not a bad fighter at all. It just, he's so hit and miss. I have a hard time believing or putting any real confidence in the fact that I think he's going to beat Fury, who's right now riding high. Beating the, the unbeatable Wilder at that time is something you can't ignore. And I think that Wilder is right now the guy that should be absolutely the favorite. Yeah, I mean, if the question is how, I, how do I feel about the contract, I think it's great for the sport. I mean, anything with Tyson Fury right now is great for the sport. I mean, the guy is going to pull the ratings. And if they do, you know, uh, if they go back and have that rematch that like we just talked about, that would even be even better. But I think Joshua and him are going to pull ratings regardless because of Tyson Fury and who he is. And them both being, this is another mouthy matchup. These guys are going to talk. Two British guys So as much well. trash. Yeah, there's, I, I'm going to watch the shit out of it. I know that. I know that the, 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 um, the last couple fights were incredible. They were fun. Uh, Tyson Fury is always a blast to watch. Because he doesn't look like much. He's, he's a just, showman. He's just a big blob of a yeah. man. But he's out there just, you know, he's got, he's so. He's nimble. Yeah, he's got that do do to him, and he's got that craftiness, and he's just fun to watch. I personally, I love it. I think it's great for the sport of boxing because there's not much for the heavy. I mean, I know, like you said, heavyweights are what make boxing right now, and having two heavyweight guys that are good boxers, Fury being the better fighter, um, it's just, I think it's just good for the sport. I think it's going to pull a lot of ratings, and I, I will be, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching this, so. Uh. I just, I just think it, it's, it's a little bit weird, uh, because the fight that that the fans wanted is or still want to this day is that Joshua Wilder fight mm. that they haven't gotten yet. So, I don't know if there's some kind of way from Joshua to like evade that kind of fight. I, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is there because they both camps have said, oh, the other one's scared of this one or this one's scared of the other, so that's why there's no contract. Wilder's ego is hurting him right now, so. So, I, I don't know. You had a hard time believing Joshua would want to avoid that because that's got that's a big money This grab. is a big, yeah, he's the best. It's he's a big purse. better fighter. Yeah, you know, so maybe not now anymore. I think Fury would probably be the bigger purse, but at that time, if he was avoiding it a year ago, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, From I mean, a financial standpoint. Either way, I'm watching Fury fight. I love watching that guy fight. And also, he's people, entertainment. people are wanting that Reese-Joshua uh, fight again. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, so. at this point, if they, if they want to throw those guys, because like I said, there's like four or five guys that I know. It's like watching NH- NHL or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just know your Ovechkins and your Crosbys, and that's like about it. You know what I mean? So, I sound like I'm fucking American for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Next question, we're going UFC. Uh, Conor McGregor's retirement came this past weekend. Were you shocked? Why or why not? No, I'm not shocked, um, but I'm also not going to play into it. 
There's no chance in hell this is the last we see of Conor McGregor. This is what fighters do. Fighters, I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard's one of the greatest boxers of all time. The dude retired like seven times. I mean, this is like Sheer going on a farewell tour for 19 straight years. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what showmen do. This is what entertainment business Let's guys do. To it's all leverage. <laughs> Conor McGregor is not stupid. In fact, the dude's intelligent as hell. Yeah. He knows now, especially after the Mayweather fight, how to make money. Yeah. And he knows also that Dana White is a cheap ass. Dana White's at one hell of a promoter. I will give him that. But one thing Dana does not do is pay his stars. And that is why the UFC continues to cycle out of stars. And the UFC is never going to gain the ground that boxing ever even, not even get close to boxing at its peak and its golden age if you don't pay your stars. That's why boxing is still a surviving sport because their stars make insane money. So Dana White has got to start paying these guys, and Conor McGregor knows he is still the face of the UFC. He is still the big ticket, even over Bones Jones and other guys like that. He Over Khabib, even though Khabib whooped his ass. McGregor is the big ticket. And so if he puts shit out here like this, where is all the negative energy going to go? It's not going to go to McGregor. It's going right to Dana White. And he's going to be the one who has to answer it. And guess what? With the Fight Island coming about, guess who's having to answer all these questions about McGregor? Dana White. So you know Dana's going to sit here and go, I have to figure out a way to pay McGregor what he feels he's worth, or at least come close to it, so we can get this thing back on the tracks. Which will happen. Mark my words. By 2021, we will see McGregor back in the octagon fighting Khabib or Gaethje or whoever it is they want to put in there. Whether it's even Nate, Nick Diaz. I'm all for it. I want to see Nate Diaz. I'm sorry. Nate Diaz. I want to see one of those three guys fight McGregor. And I think it's going to happen within the next six to seven months. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe that it's a coincidence that the John Jones stuff was going on, him threatening to leave and him leaving, supposedly, and then within a week and a half, Conor McGregor, after you already committed to a fight, is leaving now. It's, I mean, I know there's been the whole thing about fighters being underpaid, and I truly believe that they are underpaid. And even Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast, shout out Joe Rogan, friend of the show. Um, friend of the show. He even talked about how fighters are underpaid, you know, for what they do and then the blows that they deliver and take. Um, that's a tough sport, man. So I do believe, and uh, like you said, Dana White is a, is a tight ass, and you know he's working for someone too at the same time. So he's you know the totem pole, you know he's somewhere in the middle there with his ups. So I know I feel like this might be a strong arm kind of move from the top guys. You know you can't get more top than Conor McGregor and John Jones as the two leaders of and obviously Khabib. But as far as vocal entertainment dragnet type fighters that bring the fans to the fights john jones and, and, and connor are the two top dogs and it's not even close no it's not it's close. not even close. they might be the two top dogs of all time <laughs> right you know so uh, those two guys do, making splash statements like that within a week and a half of themselves is a little strange to me there's got to be i think there's some there's got to be some kind of ties going on there even though john jones is kind of a lunatic so he could just be crazy um but i do think these guys feel like they're getting wronged and i i i more power to them, man. If they feel like they need more money, who knows? We could see another Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. God, who, I hope not. We already saw May- Mayweather. Dude, that was a dance with gloves. I felt like that could be a ploy type thing, too. That was a dance with gloves. I'm just saying, dude. That, like, they didn't even have to do that. Conor announced it, and then in the same day, Mayweather's calling him out. That could feel like dude, some kind of setup. Eddie and I'm I can throw down right now, that'd be more of a real fight <laughs> than, than McGregor. I paid for it, and I watched May- it. So. That was a um, I did pay you 100 That was a joke. I paid and watched it. They jobbed us, bro. And We've been had. He got a few good licks in there, but he got his ass mopped. Yeah, licks, not punches. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't really know how to feel about it right now. It's, it's really weird that he committed to a fight with Gaethje and then uh, – or not Gaethje, was uh, – Anderson. Uh, yeah, yeah, Anderson. Yeah, right? So it was just him working his way up. I, maybe maybe he feels like he's 
his pride's too too big to, to have to go through Anderson Silva to get to Gaethje or Khabib or whoever wants to fight to get you know. Because yeah, let's be real, McGregor is bigger than the UFC for sure. He, McGregor is a superstar human, Agreed. not just an athlete. Yeah. So he's he's right. And I think John Jones probably feels to that way that. too. Because who does John Jones really have to compete with right now? He ran through the light That's, heavyweight division. And There's his last nobody. fight, yeah, the last fight was straight. He's ass. right about that too. But the problem with John Jones is it's all cerebral on the wrong side of things. Like he keeps getting it's himself in trouble. Okay. The thing is with McGregor, McGregor's though, going out and making you know contracts with is, number is twelve and other U- big companies. McGregor is bigger than the UFC, but. McGregor still has things to prove, though, because Khabib mopped him up. No doubt. And that's, so why, that's needs... why it's going to happen. He's right. going to fight Khabib and or Gaethje. I hope you're right. I hope that happens. I hope this is all just it's like you happen. said. We've seen guys like Sugar Ray, some of the biggest names in Save sports. Save the tape, Dad. Retire. Save the you tape. Know, if MJ can retire and come back, so can Conor McGregor. So, yeah. <laughs> I think he'll come back, too. <clears throat> and that's I was, right. was going to follow up, but you touched, uh, touched on it a little bit. I was going to follow up. Do you think this is McGregor kind of making a statement because the best Dana could do was – the spider, hundred percent. It has to be. That has 100%. to be hundred part of it at least. Not. I don't think that it's so much detail to the fight that he had with Spider Silva because I think that McGregor. I don't want to speak for him. I would imagine he's got a pl- a ton of respect for Spider Silva, yeah. one of the greatest of all time, if not for, the greatest of all sure. time. I think it's that it's 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 looking down further. I need to get paid. I need to make money. I'm worth, and he knows he's worth. His whiskey, he's, his whiskey's not selling. So. He's making more money on these commercials and endorsements than he would ever in a fight. Yeah. So, and it may never get close to that, but at least use it as leverage. Say, I'm retiring. Put all the negative vibes towards Dana White. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna collect my millions. You know, in these commercials. You let me know when you want to start taking my shit seriously. Well, how would you feel what's if happen. you're McGregor in, in McGregor's shoes? How would you feel if you went and made like literally triple the amount you make in like three years of the UFC in one boxing match with Mayweather? Oh, and then you go and then you go back and get your ass oh. beat way more, take way he more made, horse blows in the, in the octagon and making. He made a hundred plus million, million in, that fight. in that one boxing match. Yeah, he made a hundred plus million in that fight. So, UFC can never come close. I was to that. saying, like for me personally, I'm like shit, like. I'd rather just go sacrifice myself and, and make crazy money getting my ass beat in, in, in a ring yeah. rather than in an octagon and making a third of what well, I could Well, he fought make. Mayweather, so he didn't even have a bruise on him. So. <laughs> yeah, he had to chase him around the whole time. But still, I'm just saying, like that that would alter your opinion as an individual money-wise. I mean, the guy's made crazy money in his career already, so... But still, I think he deserves to, to fight better guys than jobbers of like Anderson Silva at this point. All right. I really hope this last question... Makes uh, Lens get heated. I want to see him get heated. So it's, uh, I will not get triggered. <laughs> this is not a, this is not bait. This is a so. This next question is is this a test? <laughs> this next question is NCAA related. I'm already triggered. Damn, <laughs> we're going to break. <laughs> so USC has welcomed back Reggie Bush after ten years. What are your thoughts on the ban? And should he get his Heisman, Heisman Trophy back? What I think of the band, it's an absolute fucking embarrassment to sports. Yes. I think the NCAA, the NCAA is so good at doing everything wrong. They, what the beginning of this, the origin of his suspension and not being allowed to be around USC is so beyond stupid that I, I mean, I'm talking like we can go and rally up my niece and nephew right now, and they can come up with better plans and game game strategy than the NCAA does when it comes to these type of disciplinary actions. I'm not saying that they're wrong in making sure that things stay consistent and there's an integrity to what they do as a corporation. My point, though, is, is when you have guys that are out there earning their shit on the field and they have a Heisman Trophy taken away from them for something that had nothing to do with what they do on that field... It's an absolute embarrassment. And I don't even need to speak on this stuff. You guys can go listen to people who are far more educated on this shit than me, like Jay Billis. 
That guy has been championing for this bullshit to end for so long, and it's finally starting to happen. It's unfair that Reggie Bush has to wait until he's in his fucking 30s to even proudly walk around the, his own university where he set records and was one of the most dominant forces we've ever seen at the college ranks. Yeah. Yes, he should absolutely have his Heisman because he never should have had it fucking taken away. That's an absolute embarrassment. It's another reason why I cannot stand the NCAA at any level because of the fact that they consistently do things the wrong way, they consistently treat their star players the wrong way, and there's no wonder why their ratings continue to dwindle. It's no wonder why other situations like the NBA's G League are starting to come about and players are going to start going there because they cannot stand having this walk-on eggshells mentality to where they feel that they can't even go out with their coach and have lunch with them. That's an NCAA violation. The story I told you about Arian Foster when he was at Tennessee, when his own coach rolling up in a Benz buys them tacos because they're starving, because these kids are from the hood and they don't have money. They're at the school because they're good at sports, and that's an NCAA violation. That's insanely sick. And what happened to Reggie Bush is insanely sick. Had nothing to do with what he earned on that field. The Heisman should have never been taken away, and I'm glad it's going to go back in his hands eventually because he was very open and honest on Colin Coward's show this week and said, I'd be lying if I didn't want my Heisman back. But he was more focused on the future players because he knows what it's like. He understands what it's like to be a player who's demonized for no fucking reason at all. Yeah, so much for not getting triggered. Uh, you got me. Well done, Eddie. Uh, it's the Matrix, all right? It's the Matrix. You got me. No, I mean, you, I said the best for last year. Yeah, you, you, said, you said it all. I didn't dude. dodge the bullet. <laughs> you said it all. Um, there's no reason that he should ever had it taken away from him. From him. Um, he worked for that. He earned that. Literally, at, the reason they took it away from him had nothing to do for what, from what he did on the field. Um, at this point, we know. I mean, we've, we're starting to see gradual changes in the NCAA. Um, I think we're getting there as far as you know, players being able to have some sort of respect on their name <laughs> for what they bring and their the whole sole reason of what the NCAA is and how they even make money to begin with off the backs of these players. Um, the NCAA is just pimps at this point. They've been pimps. They've been power tripping pimps. Uh, so the fact that he ever had it taken away in the first place was just was a power move that was out of his reach and out of, out of him even having a say so. They just that's just the power that they have, and it's embarrassing. And the fact that they're giving it back and possibly get him getting it back and him getting it back, whatever, it just it, it's nonsensical to me. It's a human being who worked for that. He earned that. That's his award. So the fact of him getting it back. Is embarrassing that we have we even have to bring this question up. So yeah, Reggie Bush was I loved watching him play. He deserved every bit of it. So so well, NCAA well, hold this yeah, L. Hold the motherfuckers. Yeah, the big veiny bastard. Yeah. Awesome. Do you guys do you guys think uh, he should be like I guess like a big advocate into this whole NCAA letting players make their if own he wants to if he doesn't want to be an activist towards it I don't think he necessarily has to but I think it'd be important if he did. Do you think he'll be like like I mean, you think that NCAA will look his way because of who he is? No better time than done. now with all the shit that's already going exactly. on. Exactly. If we can push change, let's push the envelope on everything that's fucked up in the system. Why not? Especially in sports. This, yeah, is, the this, is, this is the time to do it. Especially for you know one of the most notable black athletes ever in NCAA football history. Reggie Bush is one of the best athletes in NCAA football history. Why not him? I mean, if, like I said, if he wants to, he could be an activist for that. If I was him, I would because he was he was fucked. He was absolutely fucked and by the system. Dude, I might be wrong on this. Uh, it, don't uh, NCAA baseball players are allowed to like collect like uh, awards or like money and stuff like that? Honestly, I, I have I no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Nothing monetary. 
There's nothing monetary that any because it's because that's they consider that special treatment. Well, yeah, and you, and that's that differentiates. That's what's funny about the NCAA is they they say it it, it makes you uh, you gain advantages <laughs> that the normal yeah, you college student doesn't get. Yeah, the athletes can't feel. But how many of those normal college students are bringing in seventy five thousand people to the football stadiums every Saturday? Yeah, it's like what's the name? None of them. The coach for Clemson said he doesn't want the players to feel entitled. If they start making any kind of compensation, meanwhile he's making two point five million a year. How backwards is that shit? Off the backs of these players, that's you know, just like, racist itself. And that's why they're finally letting the likeness and all those things drop, where they're going to let these guys benefit off yeah. their likeness, which should have been from the very beginning. <laughs> insane, For dude. Christ's sake, man! Yeah. It, it, this is wrong. see, we start talking NCAA, man. This is why we don't talk a lot about it on the show because I'm going to end up like breaking my microphone, <laughs> Jesus style this table. You know what I mean? It's just going to get, get you triggered today. Gat would like that. So yeah, we can do a whole segment on that. Just put over there. I want to get. Lance triggered by before the show. Well done, well so. done. You got me fired up, so. That is it for me, guys. You know, hey, that's probably the best Addy hour I think we've had to this point. I was, well well done, man. No, I, I know. <laughs> True. True, but I, I, but right, I really, well, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, but I really mean it this time. <laughs> this is sincere. This was actually no, was a good, good one. Good, you know, good shit tonight, man. That really was good. I'm, I'm glad you brought those all, all those topics up because those are things that I yeah. definitely have some strong opinions on, especially the NCAA one. But sure. speaking of strong opinions, when we get back, I'm going to tell you guys about a little bit of a, it's a take of mine for, about Colin Kaepernick, and obviously we all know he still wants to play football in the NFL. I'm going to explain to you why the perfect landing spot for Colin Kaepernick is right here in Kansas City. That's right. You heard that correct. Stay tuned, because I promise you, you're definitely, you may not agree, but you're going to definitely hear what I have to say about that. We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Hold up, son. Word. Yeah. To all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. Way to dodge that bullet there, Eddie. Nice. <laughs> so does it hurt to get plugged in, or is it just, you know, is it, is it, is it all like the same? It's normal. It's normal. Okay. Ignorance is bliss, according to, what was his name? Cyrus? Cypher. Ignorance is, Cypher, okay, that's his name. Well, I left it off on a, on, a, on a very intentional teaser on the last segment, and it's something that I know every Chiefs fan out there has a, an opinion on because he is the most polarizing athlete that isn't playing sports in the history of human history uh, when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and what's going to happen uh, with the potential of another you know startup for his NFL career. And earlier this week, I heard FS1's habitual clown, Doug Gottlieb, come out with a take reacting to the idea of Colin Kaepernick returning and playing the NFL again and where Gottlieb could see him landing. And the obvious answer is always the Jaguars because of their uncertainty in Gardner Minshew and the fact that they're desperate to sell tickets and merchandise, which Colin Kaepernick would clearly take care of immediately. But Gottlieb suggested the team that is the most secure at the quarterback position, and that's the Chiefs. That's right, your favorite team. Now, when I first heard this, I chuckled because I thought it was simply absurd for a couple of reasons. For one, the Chiefs have Mahomes, and unless the worst imaginable happens, Mahomes at his worst is playing 14 games a season. 
And also, let's not pretend as if the Chiefs have been what I'd like to call the quote-unquote the most open-minded franchise in the past and when it comes to player protests and ruffling the feathers of sponsors and ticket buyers. But as I sat and thought about it, I, I realized that it's not as crazy as it sounds and in fact makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to tell you why. For starters, Mahomes wouldn't be, the, wouldn't be threatened by Kaepernick due to his security as the starting quarterback, but also because of the cohesion and vision when it comes to societal and systemic issues we face in our country, as I've spoken before. Kaepernick would automatically provide the Chiefs with one of the best, most, most athletic quarterbacks in the league. Outside of Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, there isn't a single current veteran backup that I would take over Colin Kaepernick. That includes the Chiefs' current backup, quarterback Chad Henney. And I know that there are those that would rather stick with Henney because he hasn't been out of the league for the, over the last three years like Kaepernick. But since Kaepernick's last start, last NFL start in Week 17 of the 2016 season, Chad Henney has thrown a grand total of five passes since 2016. So there's really nothing there to use as far as rhythm or knowing the game better or playing the game better because he hasn't played any more football really than Kaepernick has to this point over the last four seasons. Kaepernick would also help encourage current and future Chiefs players to use their platform to speak out. I fully believe that Mahomes and others would be bold and speak their minds had Kaepernick never knelt. But him taking the knee brought us to where we are today and provided an easing effect for the athlete activists that followed his actions. But more than any of these, most importantly, Kaepernick's presence would create a scenario in which the Chiefs would have to embrace what they have tried their very best to avoid. Yes, again, Patrick Mahomes has been given full support from the Chiefs in this movement, but again, the Chiefs haven't been on this side forever, considering the fact that we've yet to hear Clark Hunt come out and speak yet again. He didn't hesitate to send out a statement when Kaepernick nailed the first time, and how he essentially didn't agree with him doing so, considering that the Chiefs traded Marcus Peters for a dog whistle and a melted Hershey bar in return. Because he protested during the anthem, the Chiefs can make a lawn of wrongs right. The Chiefs could show the local black community and communities abroad that they genuinely rally around Kaepernick and what he pioneered in a sense. Plus, we all know that the Kaepernick move, movie is coming. We all know there's going to be a story about Kaepernick coming to a theater near you in 2035. For Christ's sake, they made a movie with an A-list actor in Mark Wahlberg about a Philadelphian bartender turned special teamer Vince Papali. Just wait until Michael B. Jordan puts on the helmet and cleats as Kaepernick. <laughs> I want to see the Chiefs back up their words and take action. Bring in and embrace Kaepernick. Place yourself next to history in the making. Trevor, what are your thoughts? Ah, uh, man. Um, the thought of it is cool. Um, I would welcome him, him here with, with open arms, and I think a lot of the players in our locker room would. I'm not ready to accept that our franchise, that our front office is there yet to make that kind of decision and welcoming that kind of attention, seeing that not even a couple of years ago, we let Marcus Peters walk the way we did because of certain antics. The clout is cool. Like I get it that the, not necessarily that we would be clout chasing, but I just, I don't see it happening. I think it's a cool thought. I think he would fit in. I think he would be a good backup to have. I personally just, my personal opinion, I just don't see it happening. I just, I don't, I know we've, we've given Patrick Mahomes willing or unwillingly the pedestal to, to speak on what he spoke on and, and, and him coming out and being 
damn near an activist about this whole movement, which is great. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have a black quarterback now, and we haven't had that. So I think he, Patrick Mahomes has that power to do that and, and stir the pot. Unless Patrick Mahomes has some kind of sway uh, towards the front office to, to, to push for Colin to be here, I don't see our front office making that decision within itself to, to bring him here just by them wanting that and inviting that. I don't, just from the track record, I, I know we've been changing. We've, we've been seeing this front office change and be a little more welcoming. And I think a lot of that's due to Andy Reid and his open-mindedness. I don't think it's going to happen. I would be for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, like uh, like you said, front office issue. Yeah. I think it's more of a like a, a football issue. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't fit in this team because he does. I just don't think he would want to be a backup when he can find a starting job somewhere else. But can he? I don't, the, I, don't think, I don't think he would make it back in the league as a starter. I think he would have to. But, I think Kansas City would be a great spot for him yeah, but, to start. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to have a, a shot at least uh, to to possibly compete for the starting job, I don't think I don't think Kansas City would be your best right. spot. You're right. You're right about that. Real quick though, to, yeah. to respond to that part of it, because I know you're going to continue. And I don't want to interrupt. Yeah. I had the same conversation earlier with somebody else who asked me this very same question. Why would he want to come to Kansas City knowing he has no shot of becoming a starter in Kansas City? You're 100% right about that. But see, Kaepernick can't look at his return at 2020. He has to look at his return in 2021. Because what he has to do is get himself back in the league. That's goal number one. you got to get his foot in the door. Okay? So what better place and what more exposure would you get, positive exposure, would you get outside of Kansas City? There is none. And then stepping into a winning situation. The only other place I could see it even making sense would be Baltimore, and he already that already bridge has already been burned. So he's Kansas City makes all the sense in the world as far as optics are concerned. And that way he can be behind Patrick Mahomes. Let's say they win another Super Bowl. He gets himself a ring that automatically gets him even more positive reinforcement. Then a team's gonna come knocking, because they're already knocking right now. Make make no mistake about it. There are teams asking about Colin Kaepernick. If he goes to a place like Kansas City, he's not only in a position to where he can have success. As a backup quarterback, we've seen guys have it, like Chase Daniel, who's thrown 50 passes in his entire career, had $40 million made in his career. It's possible for Kaepernick to have that situation in place and the fact that it benefits the Chiefs as well, because like I just stated, they are getting themselves a talented 32-year-old quarterback that far surpasses anything you're getting out of Chad Henney. No, no, yeah, but can the Chiefs afford it at this point? Absolutely, time? because you can't. Kaepernick can't come into this conversation demanding money. His price isn't set. He has no He's leverage. going to make backup money at best. Yeah, you're no talking leverage. 3 to $5 million in his next contract for a one-year deal. Plus, All incentive-based. The other side of it, though, is, which I didn't mention yet, I was going to, do you think... I'm not saying that there's negative attention that comes with Colin Kaepernick, which there's going to be no matter how you approach it. There's going to be negative. There's going to be a negative aspect of it because there's going to be a big part of the fan base that's going to give us all the finger, right? We have to accept that that's going to happen, especially in the Midwest. Um, Do we think that that can negatively – because with that, we already know. We've discussed this numerous times times on the show that the the whole – this whole offseason, the way we kept everyone together, the continuity of everything, is to make another push to have to repeat as champions. And that is the number one goal and the number one focus of this team. Do you think that that could cause some kind of rift? Not necessarily rift within the uh, locker room, but just the attention overall that's kept in the, on, on the main goal and repeating as champions. Do you think there's any way that that can distract 
this our whole aura of our team. No, no, I do not. And the reason why is because of the fact that the Chiefs have one of the strongest nucleuses in, in the entire league. And right. it also, not just that, not just the fact that they have the nucleus they've had, this nucleus has now won a championship together. And they're all back. We talk about this running back. 91% of their starters are back. Mm-hmm. This team is stronger than they've ever been. There is, to me, there is nobody that can come in here right now. You can have Terrell Owens come into this locker room, and he wouldn't destroy it. I'm not saying something. Yeah, I'm talking more the like riff, the press, though. like the press, the okay. attention of the press, the stories that are constantly on TV, right. and the distractions that could come along with that. Yes, that, I, I definitely think there's going to be somewhat of a circus, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Let's say the Chiefs sign him. Yeah. He goes to training camp. There is going to be an absolute circus. But you have to understand this. The Chiefs have the face of the NFL already as their quarterback position, who's now come out and spoke on societal issues and systemic issues right. and injustices and racial inequality. So those things are already going to be something that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So now that you bring the face of that entire pioneering Double source down on in, it. Exactly. <laughs> so what damage would it really do when we know that the Chiefs are fully prepared for these types of questions? Because whether Kaepernick comes back or not, all the NFL teams, all the coaches, all the players are going to have to answer these questions about, hey, so we saw you knelt in week five. I thought it was just going to be a week one thing. Why are you still doing it? These things are still going to be a thing, regardless of where Kaepernick ends up or doesn't end up. So I don't think it makes a single bit of difference when it comes to the end result of what the Chiefs are going to have to deal from the press side of things, because they are already with the biggest target on their back. They're the league's representation, and they have the number one player in the league that is already vocal about things. We've already already proven as a franchise to overcome distractions with the Tyreek Hill situation. And then we took the Tyreek Hill situation and then won a Super Bowl. That's a great point because the Chiefs not only faced distractions last offseason and handled it seamlessly, by the way, but all the injuries to key players, they hung tough the entire time. You did not see the Chiefs start bad-mouthing each other. They didn't start getting into this tussle amongst themselves. They did get mad at the fans. That's something, though, that can be overlooked immediately because of the fact that fans and interactions with players are always going to have these rifts. That's a natural thing. My point is is that this team, of all teams in the NFL, are more prepared to take on a Colin Kaepernick than anyone else. And it's not even close. And I would love for somebody to name a team more prepared for that. Yeah, I mean... I'm all ears. I would love for somebody to tell me, no, this team's more prepared for Colin Kaepernick. I don't... I mean, that's... You can argue... List them. I'm all for it. I'm not saying they're not there. I'm just saying I can't think of them. There's only 31 other teams. I don't know. I mean, it's... I don't. I don't really know how to even like address who's yeah. pre- how you prepare for that. I think I, I can. Think, I think there are numerous teams that would stability. Him, it's stability. Jacksonville, yes, they would sell the merchandise. They would sell the. They, they would have fans coming into the stands, unlike they've ever had I as think the, a I think, Browns, I think the Browns would be a decent spot. Because with the idea that Baker might not be the answer, we all know that they this can't is, handle their own people. But, but okay, we, but I'm saying are, Baker. This might be Baker's last chance. Every team handles. Exactly. Every team's going to handle it different, so we don't even know if the Chiefs are prepared to even handle that kind of stuff. My point, though, is of all the teams that you would put your trust in to handle this situation, who would you trust more than the Chiefs? Well, because I'm a fan of the Chiefs. Not just that, though. We just described how they've handled adversity on and off the field seamlessly. Why can't we give them the credit to say they can handle this? You can think of the Steelers when the whole Big Ben situation was going on, Mm -hmm. how they handled the situation. You can think of the Steelers. Yeah, the problem with the Steelers, though, is they're enablers in a lot of ways, too, though, is that Ben Roethlisberger has been famous and infamous for coming to training camp 60 pounds overweight because the Steelers don't ever push back on him. Dude, so That's the other problem they have. So, ideally, what would be your what would be your cause or your reason for the Chiefs to take him in? Just to give him 
to kind of be an incubator for him the next the following season to try to shoot out there and get his chance to be a starter? Or is just to him to have him as a solid backup? Oh, I mean, I feel like I, I kind of like gave the reasons why at the beginning. We're, yeah, we're just, talking about the reinforcement for Patrick Mahomes to stand out the way he has in the public eye when it comes to hard-pressing matters. You have Colin Kaepernick in Kansas City with in tandem with, with Patrick Mahomes saying, look, we're standing in solidarity here. That only gives the Chiefs, with everything being trendy now, with Black Lives Matter being something that's widely accepted now, being something that only gives the Chiefs positive... Uh, a reaction from the fan base and from abroad, plus the fact, again, we're not going to, I don't want anybody to ignore the fact that Colin Kaepernick would automatically be one of the three best backup quarterbacks in the league, despite him being out for three years. The guy is insanely talented, was a starting quarterback before he eventually lost his job. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily necessary though. I don't think it's necessary to bring Colin Kaepernick in. I think it, like I said, I would welcome him if that was yes. the case. I would welcome. Him. I don't find it as a necessity or necessary. I don't think it's necessary either. Because we don't, think we it's don't something need. That could be good. It's not like the Chiefs have anything to prove at this point. We're the top dog in the NFL. We have the best quarterback in the NFL. But I think they do have something to prove as a franchise because of the fact that yes, it's it very easy for you to stand behind Patrick Mahomes when he says the things he's saying because he's Patrick Mahomes. No, 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 but this, he this, is your franchise. This goes back to my point though about being proactive and reactive don't you think that that would be kind of like i don't really see the necessity in us and what what do we necessarily have to prove as a franchise and what does it prove if we did let him come here what, what would, would that what prove? Would be more, okay let me answer that with a question what would be more proactive than going out and getting colin kaepernick when you don't need to that's not proactive. Everything anybody yeah. who hires Colin Kaepernick at this point no, is reactive. It's reactive. It's reactive. If somebody says, "Hey, we need a top tier team to take him, Kansas City. No. How about you guys who, do it?" Whoever, okay, so I guess whoever. we'll do it. That's reactive because you're reacting to the, the the proposal. If they go out and say, "Hey, Kaepernick, we want to sign you to a one year deal," that's being proactive because you're going out and making it happen. It's, dude, everything at this point is reactive because of the movement right now. Yes, I everything. understand that, but my point though is the Chiefs don't have any obligation to Kaepernick. That would be reactive. Is if they said, "Hey," We feel obligated, therefore we're just going right. to do it. No team but if does. they're going to go out and do it on their own merits, that is proactive. Like I said, dude, I'm not against it. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's necessary for the Chiefs to. I don't think the Chiefs really have anything to prove at this point because we have the the biggest voice and who obviously who spoke out already and is leading the charge for the league on this movement. Um, so I don't think we necessarily have anything to prove. I know we have a, a history of things that we could be reactive to. That could compensate if we did bring in Colin Kaepernick and, 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 and change the stars of our future maybe as a franchise. But I think we're already doing that with Patrick Mahomes. That's why I don't find it necessary, necessary to bring Colin in. But if we did, I would have no problem. Like I said, I would gladly welcome him in. If we could be the, the launching pad for him to start this next chapter of his career, I'm all for that. But I definitely do think he could go somewhere else that needs that clout. We have the most clout in the league right now. I think there's like the Jaguars. Uh, other 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 situations, maybe the even Titans. maybe even the Titans, maybe yes. other teams that are still you know have a comp competition for a quarterback. Yeah, and, and even the yeah, Raiders. That's, that's exactly what I said. Even he, the Raiders. Well, uh, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, if he comes here, he's not going to have a shot to even play. It could a be game. a launching pad situation to, to even play a game. But then he's wasting a year. Yeah, he's wasting a, a year that he could start somewhere. Else. I'm thinking about him. That's yeah, I'm, think, I'm, think, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking in a football in a yeah. football aspect. Other than what what like the clout that's going to come with it, or like the the, the media. The There's going to be a ton. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah. Like I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the football football aspect. I'm looking at him as a player. Where would he fit the most? Like where he actually would compete for a spot? Because if he comes here, he's not competing for anything. He's just going to come here and chill because yeah. it, unless Patrick gets hurt or unless something happens to Patrick, yeah. 
that's the only way he's going to play. I'm not going to like. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind him coming here, but I don't think for him is the best football move. Okay. Now let me ask you guys both a question. We talk about him fighting for a starting position. You name the Titans, who are I believe they signed uh, Ryan Tannehill of that contract. Yeah. So he's not. He doesn't have a real chance of getting that position. Um, and then you talk about the Jaguars. To me, that's the only maybe maybe the Panthers. If you, you really got, want to look at like talent the at the quarterback position, the, the, the Browns, Browns too. And then you got the, the the Bears that you can throw in there. Yeah, but they as already well. have Nick Foles there, who's the backup but, but you, for what? But that's, they can get out of that. that's what would be a perfect situation for Kaepernick because Nick Foles, as we know him as a starter, is not that great. But you're and talking about Kaepernick now with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you're, talk, you're talking about. There's no chance in hell he gets that job though, I'm Tom saying, Brady. Okay, in two years, Brady could be gone. Okay, but, could, you're, but we're just talking about how you don't want him to waste a season, but he'd be wasting two with the Buccaneers. That's from top of the Chiefs being perfect for him because he doesn't have a chance of playing in 2020. I don't think he's going to start anywhere. No matter where he goes in 2020, he's not starting. So what you need to build upon is exposure. As a backup to the best quarterback in the NFL, I'm not you're getting that. tons of yeah. exposure. It's the best so foot. It's the best foot in the door. To you. Yeah, it's the best foot in the door. Teams situation. will warm up to him. What, what about, say, go ahead. I mean, sorry. What about the Raiders? That they obviously need that clout right now because they're moving. The to Raiders might be the one place where if Kaepernick goes, it might actually hurt his chances of getting a job. No, no I, I, I think Las Vegas in a new stadium would be. It's a new. It's a new. Joking aside, imagine Kaepernick in that black jersey with those like those black jerseys. Oh, and also playing with San Francisco was his last marketability wise. So you're already bro. Marketability wise, I think. Oh, I think Las Vegas is. Perfect, Perfect for because him. he's launch, they're launching a new, basically a fresh start, a new location. It's, it's you know, many people everything. go to Vegas to watch Kaepernick play as a starting oh, quarterback I'm, for the Raiders. I'm already if like, it's marketability he's looking for, it would be the Cowboys. That would as be the number one position. Goes, that that addition be, yeah. would be perfect. But, but the, the point is, with the Raiders, when it comes to the Raiders, the problem with that is they've already tied themselves to not one but two two quarterbacks. Yeah, Marcus yeah. Mariota was the same player uh, as Kaepernick. Was the GM, uh, um, God, I can't. I'm placing it. Not Mike Mayock. Yeah. He was Mariota's number one player on the 2015 right. board. Yeah. So, so there is a loyalty to their. I don't see a chance in Elm Kaepernick even gets the second. But that's because spot we, on we, that we didn't team. see Colin Kaepernick even had a chance to be in the league a week ago. So, I mean, now mm-hmm. now everything's kind of changed. The fact that now teams are kind of scrambling to kind of be the team to let him in and, and be that second chance. Team, and like which, Trevor said, I think it's 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 more reactive. Everything's reactive at this it, point because it's already it's, everything's it's already happened. Say, the movement's already say, happening. It's sad to say, but you kind of just proved it there, which said. A couple weeks ago, we were not talking about Kaepernick returning to the league. Now, with this whole situation happening, we're talking about Kaepernick possibly coming back into the league. Yeah, the next only reason why, the only so reason why exactly. that so is, so is it more, because of his talent or his capabilities? No, but it's, it's because exa- of the acceptance to who he is. No, but yeah, exactly. So it's more reactive to the situation that's going on now. The reactive side of it is people saying that they would warm up to the idea of him playing football again. The proactive side is a team going out there and snatching him. That's being proactive because even to this day, like Trevor just said a few minutes ago, if the Chiefs sign Kaepernick right now, you are losing a portion of your fan base at least for a minute. I think so any, that I think is a proactive move. Any, any so yeah. it, is a, it is a proactive move because of the fact you're doing something that is unpopular and unforeseen. It is not something the Chiefs have ever done in, in their history but, is doing something no, controversial. But, you, but you're also doing it because of what's going on right now. Obviously, teams would not have done it. If all this situation was not going on, I 100 percent agree with you. So, so that's being reactive to the situation. Uh, the yeah, side of things that he's doing is—that's a league-wide thing that you're talking. about. I'm talking about an individual team's perspective. The Chiefs now know that league-wide it's going to be acceptable. So there is a portion of it that is reactive. My point, though, is is that the Chiefs go out there and do something they don't have to do. 
That is taking measures and steps you don't have to make. That sounds like something that is progressive for me. Only thing so I'm saying, it's something yeah. I think the Chiefs should do. Is it an obligation? No, of course not. They're still going to probably win the Super Bowl regardless of who they add to their team after the after this situation. Yeah. The the point is, is, this is something that I think benefits both both sides equally Maybe. because he gives them a top tier backup quarterback. He gets he gets all this exposure of playing behind Patrick Mahomes, the guy who is the face of the league, who has stood next to him now in the stance he's made. It makes all the sense in the world for both sides and it's only going to take one small decision for us to make that possible it trevor's probably right it's probably not going to happen i've I've accepted that part of the reality i'm saying it makes all the sense in the world for it to take place if it was to take place that's all i'm trying to say about it so i know i know know that the 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 possibility of it is very slim and more likely there's going to be a team like the jaguars that take him because of this financial side of things where he automatically becomes the number one selling jersey in America, and he gets them, you know, 40-plus thousand fans, which they never have had probably since the 90s when, uh, what's it, Mark Brunel was their quarterback. But th- that's the point, is that most teams are looking at this as an opportunist side of things. For the Chiefs, they don't have to worry about the financial side. Patrick Mahomes is already in the top five in jersey sales. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. They just won a Super Bowl. The only thing they'll be adding him for is for optics and for knowing that they're taking a step they've never done as a franchise. Like I said, they've always been kind of behind when it comes to you know adapting and adjusting and learning societal situations and problems and things like that, Patrick Mahomes has eased that for them now. He's a black quarterback that has, is the face of their franchise and the league, so they really have no choice but to rally behind him. They go and add Kaepernick to that equation. That's them deciding to really take action. Because they, again, have no choice but to support. What are they going to do? Bench Patrick Mahomes? What are they going to cut Patrick Mahomes? Of course they're not. He's going to be their quarterback no matter what he's saying or what he stands for. So them accepting as somebody outside who they have no loyalties to is them making decisions that is unpopular, but yet I feel the right decision to make. You can make that same argument for all the other 31 teams. Exactly. I'm saying when it comes to the stability side of things, there is not a team more better equipped to handle the circus that comes with Colin Kaepernick than the Chiefs. Do you think it benefits us, us being the team, that everyone's going to want to beat. Everyone's look marking their calendars for who, if we're on their calendar that they want to beat because we're the defending champs and our ultimate goal is to repeat as champions again this year. Do you think that it benefits us more to to, to bring Colin Kaepernick in here, or do you think it in some way would can cause a negative ripple effect within the fan base, within possibly the, the front office? Do you think because there are going to be negative? Attachments to this, regardless of, of how course you. There's gonna be a negative attachment. Regardless, we accept it even or not. to this day. There's people that still hold on to this made up notion that Tyree Kill beat his kid. Okay, me as a Celtics so, fan, yeah. do I do I? I don't know if I think it's worth it to do that. Do I think he's gonna get a chance in the NFL somewhere? Sure. Do I know? Do I think? Do I know for sure that I want him here? If that if that's gonna cause any kind of. If that's going to be any kind of negative pull what, I want on our to know chances what the, to what, well, give me focus an example. on that. I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying yeah, that I would like to know an example of what it is that's going to be negative. I mean, the press, the distractions. You know the distractions in the press are going to be there. But can you – I'm just saying is that, is that worth it to, 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 to invite, the Chiefs to invite that? that. Stuff. I don't, I'm just saying. I'm not, like Tyreek Hill, I'm to this day, there are, people, there are still people that think Tyreek Hill beat his son, even though it's been proven he didn't. People are still holding those things. Marcus Peters brought a lot of negative attention, and the Chiefs whiffed on that. This is their opportunity this to make is a that whole right. Other monster, yes. I get that, but Marcus Peters was controversial. 
He wasn't by the book. But, man, this is they whole, got this rid of him. I, I don't think this I is, this is that. a nationwide. That's yeah. exactly my point. That's why it makes more sense for the Chiefs to do this because they can show solidarity for sure because they did not have a choice with Patrick Mahomes. But they had to back him up with this. I, I just, I just believe that every team can make the same argument. I don't know if it's your fandom to the Chiefs that you want Kaepernick here. It has nothing to do with my that, fandom. I'm just, just a team because as you can a make whole. this. You can make you can make the same argument for all the. Then other name teams. the team that can handle it better than them. I still haven't heard a team. I, I don't know what you mean by handle. Yeah, handle the situation because that's what it is. How, how do we you know? bring Kaepernick in? You're getting media coverage. So just, like you how, didn't do we, have how do we know the Chiefs are the best spot to handle this? I situation? just listed it. I've, I've said it like four times. That they have the team and nucleus and coaching staff and cachet that can be able to deflect from anything that you guys want to deem negative. This is only a positive thing at this point because, like we've all discussed, the NFL as a whole is starting to wrap their arms around the movement. So bringing him in is not going to be as negative as it is positive at this point. I do think the Steelers, the, the I think the Steelers with Mike Tomlin would be a great spot for him that, to start. Too. With a minority exactly. head coach who's a very vocal minority head coach, I think that Mike Tomlin might actually be the best spot. And the fact that Big Ben's on his way out, he could be the starter next season. Next, not yes. a, after this coming season. That could very well happen. You, you, really, you guys honestly believe that's a better that's situation? One most, that's one of the most prominent franchises in NFL history. Yeah, I, I get that, but but you, you guys again, who's I'll, maintained I'll a minority coach for over fact, a decade? The, I'll bring yes. up the fact again, though, that the Antonio Brown situation blew up like it did in Pittsburgh. Dude, I'm not going to compare talking, Antonio. I, I, I'm it's, breaking it's down situations they've had a handle and they didn't handle well. How about the no, fact Antonio that Antonio Brown didn't handle it well? So if you, if you threw the Antonio Brown, you can throw the Kareem Hunt situation with the Chiefs. That wasn't handled correctly. I 100 percent agree. So why would it? Why would the but Chiefs be the, the Chiefs are situation? a different team from I, two years ago? They're in a different position than they were two years ago. It's the the Steelers are completely how? different. How? How are the Steelers better than they were back ago? then? Go ahead, Gat. Mason Rudolph situation. Look at how they handled that with Miles Garrett. Like, it, Mm-hmm. It was a mess. Exactly. Look how they're handling Ben Roethlisberger every single offseason. The dude literally gets to walk all over them. It is known in Pittsburgh. There are people that call into shows that I listen to that talk about how Ben Roethlisberger looks like a guy who eats donuts four times right, a day. So, so which better and way? And he's he's their he's their star player, okay, thirty no, eight years know, old, know, coming off arm surgery. Know, but which better way for them to to, to fix that? Than to bring Colin Kaepernick exactly. in and start a new wave. But see, you're talking about you're talking coach. about bringing Kaepernick in to be a fix-all. I'm no. talking about bringing no. Kaepernick in Kansas City to be an addition to what the Chiefs already have. Yeah, you're, you're talking about making up for mistakes with Marcus Peters and other. And, 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 and right, there are. The Steelers would be there are. I'm not saying that it wouldn't help the Steelers. I didn't say that. I'm saying how are the Steelers going to help Kaepernick? Become the starter. He, 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 how they are enabling Ben Roethlisberger and Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger this, season, this season, this, right? We're, we're, we're yes. already admitting that Colin Kaepernick's probably not going to be a starter this season. Yes. But Big Ben could be retired by next after but next season. Then you're talking about the Steelers extending Colin, Colin Kaepernick. We don't know that. Wherever he goes this know, season is more likely going to be a backup we don't situation. Even know if he's get exactly. Signed. So what we have to do is we have to project what we expect to happen. That's what we're doing no, here. No, what we're doing is we're comparing, we're comparing landing spots for Colin yeah, exactly. Kaepernick. Right, yes. and, I'm, and I'm still baffled that we can think of any other team that is better equipped for Colin Kaepernick than understand. the Chiefs. I don't understand how it's baffling. I mean, the, the Steelers is obviously a great point, a spot for him to land. I don't want to see how that's a bad spot it, for but him. I'm asking, is it a better spot than, than the Kansas City Chiefs? I do you really believe that? I honestly don't know because I don't know what Colin Kaepernick's intentions are. Is he wanting to come be a starter? Is he wanting to start this yeah, year? Yeah, Nick Wright's because confirmed he, that numerous times. They've had conversations no, about how Kaepernick wants to be a starter in this league. Right, because he wants to start this year. If he wants to start this year, it makes absolutely no oh, sense for him to come to Kansas City. Dude, in an ideal world, Kaepernick would want to start right now. So why not go to like 
somewhere where you know, not, like like the Jaguars. We threw the Jaguars well, Big Ben. We don't know. And if those teams offer him be. a contract, and he more likely will go there. Big I'm not ben, saying that's going to happen. The last couple of years has been known to miss some games here, and he's exactly. been he's been getting he's been getting hurt in his old age. Say he misses this rest of the again. season by injury, his elbow's not the same. Yes, again, Kaepernick I'm, I'm not I'm age. not saying that Kellen Kaepernick is going to choose the Chiefs over a team he can start with. Not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are situations out there that would make sense for him. I'm breaking down the fact that which one is more beneficial for him, and the Chiefs could also use it to be beneficial for them as an optic side. So why can't the Steelers do the same thing? They, abso- they absolutely could. I'm saying that it's better for both sides from Kansas in Kansas City than it would be in Pittsburgh. That's what I'm talking about because the Chiefs are going to have. What do the Chiefs have? Six primetime games this year. Five. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, okay. A handful of them, and the Chiefs are going to go deep into the playoffs. Every single step of the way, Kaepernick's going to be a part of that. And he's going to constantly be spoken and talked about. So when the season's over, whether the Chiefs repeat as Super Bowl champions, get to the Super Bowl and lose, whatever the case is, you're going to have all that exposure attached to him. Now, positive exposure. So the next team that wants him is going to be more warmed up to it because they saw him be a good teammate on the best team in the NFL. You say, you say positive, but that is a, that is a subjective view. That's not a, that's not the that's not going to be the objective view of fans. You say that's going to be a positive view, but that there's going to be a whole lot of negative viewing come from that, just as much as positive. Oh, absolutely, there was from, a, there from was, fans. There was blowback when and Nike signed Kaepernick, but you know that their sales have never been bigger than what they are now. I'm just because saying, they rallied around Kaepernick, dude. You know I'm 100 behind Kaepernick here. I'm just saying if he says one thing and the, and the press twists it, that's going to be Kansas City drama. That's yes. not just you're inviting. You got to understand you're inviting a lot more than you realize. But that's a straw man argument because then you're assuming it's he's going to say something that's going to be twisted. Who's to no. say that he's even going to be a guy that's taking the forefront of the media? Coverage? Why would he not? Exactly. I'm not talking, guys. He's the leader of this movement. What do you mean? He like, is the leader. Do... But how many times have you heard Colin Kaepernick the last couple of years? How many times have you spoke out? Well, I mean, he just had those workouts where he was talking. He was continuing to wearing the Kunta Kinte shirt again. Right. It, that's his but, thing. That's but, during, but during this George Floyd situation, how many times have you guys heard from Kaepernick? I don't know what that has to do with football. You're talking about how he's going to be outwardly speaking on things. He already did his George job. He's in the NFL again? No, no, no. I'm not saying he's never going to speak again. I'm saying that Kaepernick has now essentially taken a back seat and is letting other people use their platforms because he pioneered it. I mean, there's, he no, doesn't there's, have no anything really to say. there's no better shadow to enter the league and hide behind than Patrick Mahomes. I get that. I get I, that, I, but I, as a franchise, I don't, I mean, I think there's a lot of good spots, like I said, the Steelers, I think Mike Tomlin would be an absolutely, maybe the best mentor for him to come into a league in, because he is very vocal, and he would stand up for Colin, he's a minority himself, one of the few minority coaches that have been successful in this league, I think Mike Tomlin would be great for him, and I think I think Andy Reid would be maybe even better, who knows, I don't know, Andy Reid is right up there with Mike Tomlin and the other vocal, supportive players, coaches, so I... I agree. I think the Chiefs will be a great launching pad for him. I think the Steelers will be a great launching pad for him because I think he could become that face of that franchise with a you know a good five six years left in his career, depending on you know what he does with that. Yeah. If he wants to be a starter, if he wants to just be a player activist, I don't know. There's that's there's a that's a whole lot going into that man. If we invite that, we have to understand that when we invite that and we let that in, there's going to be a lot of negative energy with that, along with the positive. I would focus on the positive because obviously that's how I see it because I'm I back. Colin Kaepernick, 100%. Got to understand, there's going to be a lot of attention via press, via fans. There's going to be a lot of backlash. There's going to be a lot of negative energy all the way around. 
just because of the, what this is and in the country. We have an entire nation divided on this subject, not just the NFL and the fans. We have an entire nation. I mean, we have people pulling down the Confederate flag, and we have people retiring about it. You know, so I'm just... There's going to be a lot coming with it. And I, I do agree with you. I think Kansas City, if not, if not the best spot, is one of the best spots for him to land. I, I do agree with you there. I'm not, I don't know if it's the best spot because we're never going to know until it happens. Yeah. You know? And it, I, mean, I don't know where Colin Kaepernick is in his head. If he wants to, if he refuses to be a backup. See, he refuses to be a backup like, like Cam Newton. He's maybe, not getting a job in the NFL. Maybe, but I'm so saying, maybe if that's his mindset, then it, that's That's why I said 2020 has to be a year that he views as just getting himself back in the league. can't for him, though. I saying? know that. I'm saying that he's not going to walk in as a starter anywhere. So he has to view it as, I'm coming in as a backup say to work to myself that, back into the league, and then next season... You're not his agent, though. That's what I'm saying. You, you can't say you don't... So, okay, so what is he going to do? Go into the league and say, I'm I don't starter. know, Lance. I'm I don't know what he thinks. How, this how is what is, I'm saying. What you're saying makes no sense, because no. he can't walk in with that mentality. No, I'm taking Because if he walks in with that mentality, he's not getting a job. If he wants a job in the league, he has to come in as a backup. No, I'm now, taking, if guys get injured, he can get a job. I'm but taking the, the honest approach, bro, because I'm saying I don't know what he thinks, because I don't know what he thinks. So it's just honest to come in as a backup? I don't know what he thinks is what I'm saying. If he wants to come into the league and refuses to be a backup. I'm not talking about what he thinks. I'm talking about what the reality of the situation is. He does not have a starting job available for him right now. I don't know that. Yes, you do, because there's not a starting job available. There's plenty of teams. Every that, single team, including the Jaguars, have a starting quarterback. There's, what, five teams in the NFL have rookie starting quarterbacks this year? We got Joe Burrow. We have... Uh, or, and he's or, not getting benched. Uh, okay, a, yeah. but he, he could sit the first year. You don't know that. He's a first overall pick. I get that, dude. I get that. So is Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying that. No, he wasn't. He was the 10th overall pick. Okay. We're talking he's about the first number round overall one pick. overall pick. He's not getting sacked. I'm not saying that he is. I'm saying there are situations. Daniel Jones in New York. Colin Kaepernick can come sit behind him. If Daniel Jones starts sucking the first few weeks, he can step in to be the starter. There's plenty of situations. Exactly. Where he can... He'd be the backup. He would be the backup starting the season. I know. But that is my point. I'm saying if there's a hint of a chance that he could start somewhere, I think he would take that opportunity other than sitting behind a sure thing in Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. I agree. I didn't say he wouldn't do that. Okay, but you're trying to act like you know that there's no. Not I am saying, I am saying the only positions he has available are backup positions. There is not a team right now that's saying, you know what, we don't have a starting quarterback. Maybe we should go and sign Kaepernick to be our starting quarterback. That reality is not there. Dude, I'm well aware that there's not a single team in the NFL that doesn't have a quarterback. So then, what are we even talking about? Because that's- the way I see it is, he has to be a backup somewhere. That's got to be the. That's got to be his viewpoint. Because that's all that's available. Right, so 2020 right. would be a year where he can be a backup and, and then fight saying, for it in 2021 as a starting quarterback. Dude, I, I hear what you're saying. And all I was saying is I don't know where, what he wants. He hasn't vocalized what he wants. If he wants to go somewhere where he can compete for a starting spot, which is not Kansas City. Yep. That's all I'm saying. That's not I mean, Kansas that, City. That's where if I'm he wants to from, go somewhere where he wants, he wants to, to compete yeah. But that's a short-sighted spot. view because of the fact that you're looking at it as – There is no view I'm not looking at the You can't look at it as I'm going into a position hoping that in the next two years I'm this team starter. Getting back in the league is priority number one. So if you get into the best situation possible as the backup to the best quarterback, you're getting exposure across the league. So you're on a great team, and then next year a team has an availability as a starting quarterback. We see this all the time. We're backup quarterbacks who want to be starters again, go to better teams, get that exposure, and then get signed to a team where they can become the starter. This happens all the time. Who, who, is, the, who is the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles last year in the playoffs? Carson Wentz. No. Yes, Carson Wentz got a concussion in the game. Yeah, but who came in for him? Uh, the order of McCown brother. Yeah, who came out of retirement that year? Yeah. Right, right, because Nick Foles left. Okay, you know why? Because Nick Foles was the backup, and then got a better job. Okay, why he? Do you know why he? Nick Foles went got an eighty-eight million dollar contract the next season with the Jaguars. But then you, this is proving no, my on. point. But do you know no, why he not. left though? Because, because he, he got t- a starting job. Because he took him to the Super Bowl and won. 
My point exactly. Carson Wentz got hurt. How Nick Foles Nick Foles is out of the league the year before. How would before. you know that without playing? Got signed by the Eagles. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. You guys just made my point because Nick Foles was out of the league the year before. Gets signed by the Eagles. Carson Wentz tears his ACL. Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. What happens the next year? I'm not talking about Nick Foles. I'm talking about what's his name? The guy that came in this past year. The reason year. why Josh McCown was even there is because Nick Foles right, left. McCown came from retirement. I'm just saying, there's a, there's a chance that anybody can come out of retirement. Josh McCown's 40 freaking years old. He came out of retirement and had a chance to start a playoff game or had a chance to come in and play a playoff game. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying Colin Kaepernick knows that there are opportunities in this league that he can go anywhere. Say Baker blows the first four games of the, of the year, and he's, in the, he's, in, he's the backup for Baker. He can dare very well become the starter for the Browns halfway through the year, maybe before that. I'm just saying there are other opportunities, just like Mitchell Trubisky. That's the reason why they got Foles, because they know there's an opportunity that Mitchell Trubisky could blow it. There's a lot of opportunities that are very well open as far as uh, quarterback controversies. There are, like I said, Daniel Jones in New York. Who's behind Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones was not good the last six weeks of the year last year. If he's trash to start this year, Colin Kaepernick could very well go steal that job if, he's, yeah. if he lands there. Same with uh, the New York Jets with uh, uh, um, Sam, Darnold. Sam Darnold. If he sucks, he's out there seeing ghosts again. Why not put Colin Kaepernick in there? I'm just saying there are better opportunities for him as far as an individual. If I'm thinking selfishly for Colin Kaepernick as an individual to get a chance to play football, not only sit behind someone. I think it's the, if he wants to, if he accepts, this is what I'm saying. I'm going back to my point. I don't know where he's at mentally. I don't know what he wants. If he wants to come in and join a team that he can sit behind and sit for a year and get his foot in the door, obviously Kansas City's the best spot. You're going to be in the best, best team with the best quarterback you can just chill and, and chat with and learn from. And one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the league right now. But if he wants to go and compete for a starting spot, there's numerous spots right now that he can go and compete for a starting spot. Mm-hmm. Numerous. That's where I'm coming from. I'm just thinking about because I, I don't know what he wants. We're, we're talking about him as if he's in here and he's telling us what he wants. We don't know that yet. He hasn't been vocal about what he wants at all. I know he wants to play football. If he wants to play football, I guarantee he wants to start somewhere and play football. Yeah, and I think he's good enough to, to come in and to compete for a starting Kansas job. City, without a doubt, enough. is the best spot for him to land if he wants to chill for a year and get his foot in the door. I'm not arguing that. But I'm saying if Colin Kaepernick, which all he said even last this past year when he was doing his open tryouts, when he was doing his, his own individual tryouts, when he had his guys, his own guys he was throwing the ball to and was doing this whole thing, promoting himself, he wants to play football. He wants to start. He doesn't want to sit for a year. I feel like he rather would start somewhere or have a go somewhere where he can compete for a, a like starting have the opportunity to start. I think he's shown more that that's, that's what he wants instead of coming in and sitting somewhere. I, I think he's shown, he's shown more I, of that. I can't, I can't wait to buy you guys Ka- uh, Kaepernick Chiefs jerseys. It's going to be great. I don't see it happening. I, like I, I said, I would invite it. Number seven. I would invite well, it. Well, Butker's got number seven, so maybe they can you know, hatch out the details. I'm fun. sure Butker will be willing. Do we have Chad Henney, bro? What are you talking about? <laughs> five passes since 2016. You're wrong, I'm right. Fuck this. That was a great topic or a great for, subject, guys. For sure, it was good. Great, uh, yeah, great segment. We appreciate it. Hey. Guys, hit us up. Actually, if we could, let's make a poll on this one real quick. Would you be on board? Because I know we did this earlier uh, a few days ago, and it was actually, I think it was like 80%... Uh, yes, they would take him on the Chiefs. Would you be on board with the Chiefs signing Colin Kaepernick? Well, I, I think we need to run that poll one more time and uh, see if uh, see if oh, you guys I can't agree. Wait with that. to see these results. No, it, like I said, the last time we ran this, it was like eighty twenty in really? favor. In favor, I can show you the poll. We can pull it up on our Twitter feed. Was this a millennial only vote? Or no, was... this was a real. I po- I made this poll I think three days ago, okay. and and it, and it showed that uh, it was I think it was like eighty percent. So we'll see if uh, if it's the same. Uh, this like time it. around, but like um, you can even go look on the Facebook feed as well. I think it was highly favored of uh, of Kaepernick signing with the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm we'll, all for it, dude. Shit, if it happens, it happens. I'm a, I would. We'll we'll leave it there. Um, he's not going to the Steelers. 
but uh, we're going to leave it there. And, and again, the con- the conversation never ends. So you guys let us know what you guys think about this one. It's the biggest you know story in sports right now with what's going to happen with sure. Kaepernick and how this whole thing is going to go. Really looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on this as well. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break because we're going to open up the Monday mailbag and hear what you guys are discussing, what you guys want to talk about. Can't wait to get to that. We'll be back for that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. All right, back at it again on the Spooky Podcast for segment number five. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell What's good? and Eddie Ortiz, two habitual Kaepernick haters. And uh, we're going to now open up the Monday mailbag. Hopefully I have some people on my side in this Fake one. Fake news. So. Wrong. Fake news. I'm going to build a wall around Trevor. Wrong. <laughs> Eddie, what is in the Monday mailbag tonight, my man? All right. Our first question comes from uh, Donnie Couch. The man that called me out. He yeah. called me out of the group, you, you pissed him off this week. He was man. waiting for that Monday mailbag, and I failed him for three oh, days. Yeah. I am so sorry, my guy. It says, thank you guys for inviting me to the Thursday mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't rub it in, dick. <laughs> he says, I have two questions. My first question is, what are your thoughts on the Royals drafting what a lot of people are calling the steal of the uh, MLB draft, the left-handed Pitcher out of uh, Texas, who many thought would go first overall. Asa is Asa Lucy, I think Asa, his last Asa name. Yeah, um, man, I, I think the Royals got themselves a steal on this one. Was a, it the fourth overall, fourth overall pick. Yeah. Yes, uh, I actually watched that draft because um, I wanted to see what the Royals were going to do. And I, I do look being a baseball player like myself growing up and actually being left-handed. It, it was crazy how even though I was absolute ass at pitching, the fact that I was left-handed. Like coaches would try to convince me to pitch, even yeah. though they knew I sucked. It was they like you're a left-handed pitcher, you have to pitch. And so with Asa, I watched some videos of him. I think it's Asa. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he, I, I watched some video, man. This kid's got some insane movement on his pitches. His fastball has high velocity. It's got some nastiness to it. I think the Royals got themselves an absolute steal of the draft, man. Uh, he should have probably went over, number one overall. I was listening to a lot of the, like, uh, Carl Ravitch and all those guys from ESPN Baseball Tonight, and that was the guy they kept talking about. And, and we're talking about, like, big-time market teams like the Mets and all those teams were coming up, and they were talking about this kid that came to Kansas City, a smaller market. You know that there's some expectations there. I don't really know, uh, like, a fair comparison to him because I, I that's just that's unfair for a kid that has not proven himself yet. But the fact that he's a left-handed monster that can be a top of the rotation type of guy that is exactly what a young developing Royals is looking for I think this is the kind of guy you can see in the next two to three years come up in the majors yeah um 610 had him on the show today uh, on the drive they did an interview with him the kid sounds like a, a really humble kid ex- just ecstatic to have a chance to play he seems really really confident and like you said what better way for this young building Royals team than to get you an ace you know get you a guy that can go out there and you know be that guy maybe in a couple years or so or maybe soon enough sooner than that um so yeah building a solid bullpen is the way to start obviously um but like i said i think this kid has a really good head on his shoulders from just from what i've heard i don't know too much about him i haven't watched too much too much film i'm not the biggest baseball guy but being a fan of the royals organization and the team i think there's no better way to go get obviously that what they're calling the steal of the draft 
Um, so I'm excited for him. I think it's a great pick. Um, and I think we could talk about how the unexciting the MLB draft is, but that's a whole other segment. Or the MLB as a whole right like, You now. don't even realize that anything's going on. Like it's, Compared to the NBA draft and the NFL draft, it's crazy how like I'm, so, I'm surprised the kids that were getting drafted didn't hold out to get you know, more money like the rest of the league <laughs> right now. You, know? I don't even, like, you don't even know that it's happening, which is it's kind of sad. But, I mean, hey, that's... That's how they market it. They don't really market the draft really at all. I wonder so how many of those kids thought, I should have picked football. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, it, you know? yeah. it usually happens between the season, right? Like, yeah, during yes. the season. This would, this would be, strange. This is right around All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken. I think July. Baseball, July is All-Star break. I think That's baseball correct. needs a lot of shaking up, though, as far as marketing. Cool, don't get me started. I'm you want to talk about Trigger, NCAA, yeah, all, and MLB? There we yeah, go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Solid picks, for sure. Thank you for that first question, Donnie. And then his second question is, what would you guys be more excited to see, the World Cup in Kansas City or the second Super Bowl parade in Kansas City, won by Patrick Mahomes? That's easy for me. That's easy for me. I know, I know your answer. Hey, already. Donnie, do I really have to answer that one? <laughs> I, I, love, know Eddie's I, answer. I, I love you, and I know what Eddie's answer is, and I'm going to be ashamed of him once he <laughs> says it. Donnie. Foreigner. Donnie. <laughs> you know the answer. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, you already love know mine. Guy. Yeah. I'd Eddie, be, go ahead and answer that. It'd one. be getting uh, naked round two for me. Eddie, yeah, <laughs> Eddie, yeah we were we really got in the tree with our ass buck, you know, showing buck, buck naked. naked. I'm gonna be hosting the biggest tournament in the world, uh, the World Cup. Uh, Eddie's trying to get no, head butted tonight. Traitor! There's, there's no Traitor. other sport. There's Thanks, no Donnie. Other. Eddie's getting head butted after the yeah. show. Maybe maybe live. He's getting head, head butted. There's no other. There's, sport there's a butted in there. Trust there's me, he's that lucky. In the world, <laughs> I ain't throwing those get, kind of moves. That can compete with the World Cup. There's no other. I'm sport. not debating oh, that. Yeah, but Christ, man, we're talking yeah. about another Super Bowl. You're gonna say no to a second Super Bowl parade? I'm not saying no. But you're saying yes to the other. What would you be more excited for? Clearly, the parade. Well, I'm give gonna me, have an honest answer. Give me 69 no, of them on a row. I'll, I'll have fun at the break. 69. Let's say they win again. I'll be, I'll be happy. I'm gonna take a nap. But Let me know. What the you world, you're talking about the World Cup. You're talking about the I'm World Cup, the biggest, the biggest tournament in the it world. Is. But if you're asking me what the excitement level is between a Super Bowl here in Kansas City as a stupid American, as opposed to the World Cup where prestigious, smart, well-thought-out people watch the World Cup and celebrate that, I'm celebrating my football, dude. But you're you're having people from all over the world just flying to Kansas City. (laughs) Sure. No, dude. I'm not nearly as excited about it. That's a good question, but... Money-wise, you're increasing the city by so much. Excitement. Excitement. I'm excited. I'm just saying the reaper, like the math with it, knowing we have a parade is why. Because we won another Super Bowl. But yeah, I think I mean, you're talking about the World Cup. Though. I get it. It's a subjective question. Yeah. For, for the That's actually soccer a good fans. question. Yeah, it is a good question. A good question. For, for the soccer fans, obviously, they're going to go you with the World Cup. You got Eddie sweating over here. Dude, right? I, go. I didn't know you sweat in the Matrix. That's a win-win situation, though. Either one, I'd be stoked. But yeah, If Kansas City was to win... Eddie's uh, uh, sweatingly excited right now. <laughs> I'm so excited about the World Cup. Yeah. He's like <laughs> creaming it off. He's like creaming it off right here. He had a Vaseline his nips real quick. If Kansas City wins the bid for the World Cup to host a game here... Yeah, it's 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 just gonna be out of this world, dude. There you go. Like honestly, it's no, be, I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm not debating that. The attention that would the, the attention that would bring here would be unreal. Exactly. So, yeah. excitement wise, Kansas City. That's global. You're gonna you're gonna be. Excited. I mean, are we really gonna compare? I mean, you guys remember the stellar speech from Brett Veach that was like 39 seconds long? Yeah. Like, we was, all know why you're here. Yeah, he's like, ah, you don't want to hear from me. Let's Where's hand Pat? it off to the people you actually care yeah. about. I was like, he got it. Mike Parsons didn't Pat, know how to get, get that, but. 
For some reason, they had Frank White up there. That was kind of awkward. I, yeah, it was a little... Like, Frank, I know you're, you know, you're a great baseball legend. Give me the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just want the Super Bowl. Can yeah. we go to the people that were a part of the team? That's what Thanks. I want. Super Bowl number two. Good question, two. Donnie. Woke up. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl. Parade. Next and uh, last question uh, comes from Billy Hodge. Oh, Billy. Billy? <laughs> Eddie Hodge in the hizzy. I'm blushing. Is Billy in the Matrix with you, too? Is it like a uh, tandem thing, or is it probably, like you just visit? Probably. Okay. Probably. I have to check later. <laughs> it says, hello to the good, the bad, and Lance. Yeah. Um, I want to the ugly. <laughs> I want to personally say thank you to Lance for helping uh, educate me on what's going on in the world today. Last week, intro was probably your best and eye-opening. I have... Uh, Eye opening. I have a different outlook and understanding. Thank you. So it was more of a compliment than. Oh yeah, I appreciate that. Even though he called me ugly, I'll take that for yeah. sure. No, back kind of compliments. In all seriousness, though, uh, Billy, I believe, yeah, Billy did message me um, this week and was telling me he was looking forward uh, to last week's episode because you know he he opened up and talked about how, uh, and I don't want to you know because obviously it was a personal message, but he he broke up broke down about how, how he's not really seen the world like some people have. But he's open-minded to it. And and people like Billy, like I told Billy, are the ones man. that are going to make the change. Yep. Because people like Billy that are opening their minds, even though they may not understand it this time, are the people that are going to over understand it over time. And that is that – is, I have such a profound respect for people like Billy Hodge, and I really do appreciate his compliment. But more importantly, more than the compliment, even though I do accept it humbly, I'm more excited and happy to know that you're a type of person that wants to actually see the change and the betterment for the human beings on our planet, in particular in our communities in America. So thank you, Billy, more than me, man. Thank you so much for – Keeping an open mind and, and being a, 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 con- a contributor to the positive more than the contributor to the negative because we've got plenty of those people out there. We need more people like Billy. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm with you. Alright, that's that's it for uh, London Melbourne. Alright, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Got called ugly and complimented in the same sentence. That is an accomplishment that I am going to take home and tell nobody. So, we have one more order of business and I hope you guys are ready for this. What's it called again, guys? Hold this ale! I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. To hold this L every single week, we like to get ourselves a few uh, contestants, if you will, and uh, holding an L for us this week because they took a massive loss and whatever it is they're doing in the world of sports. So I want to hand it off to my guy Eddie in the Matrix and Mr. Neo and Morpheus themselves, Blue Pill, Red Pill, doesn't matter. Eddie, who's holding the L? Not the red or blue pill. All right. My L is going to NASCAR driver Ray Sicrelli, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Dude, I was hoping that was all of our L's yeah, this week, honestly, man. Yeah. It could be that. Uh, so, 
as Lance said earlier in the show, in his monologue, uh, NASCAR decided to to ban all Confederate flags from from the races uh, from now and, and the future. Um, and there was one outspoken driver that said he he announced pretty much his retirement because he did not agree with it. Uh, then to make matter worse, everybody everybody like came out saying it's like so how many races did you win he's like oh that's right zero yeah okay so <laughs> I think he's been he's been, he's been in nascar for decades and he hasn't won a single he's, race he's entered 32 races with zero wins exactly so so yeah that that tells you a lot and then and then not only he's 50 not yeah. only does he does he retire from nascar but then like starts bashing up like uh people kneeling and betting on the flag yeah. and, and so <laughs> All over a flag. That bro. whole the whole situation is just fucking crazy. And there's one guy on Twitter that says it's official. He's insulted more races than he's won. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that yeah. So R.I.P. I mean, so for for me, that's it. Uh, NASCAR driver Ray Sigrelli, whatever your fucking last name is, Hunter. Uh, you're gonna have to hold, hold this hell, Trevor. Who's holding the L for you outside of the Matrix? Uh, speaking of reactive, proactive, this is, this is another victim of being reactive to this whole situation. Uh, Seattle Seahawks coach Pete Carroll, mm. who I love dearly. I think he's a great guy. He's one of the most successful coaches in football history, uh, college and pro. Very well-renowned coach. Very well-spoken guy. Um, but he's going to have to hold an L on this this, this week. Uh, he came out and talked about when the, um, I think Colin Kaepernick – uh, tried out for this in 2017. He tried out for the Seahawks and I believe the Ravens. Was that in yes, 2017 yeah, yes. as well? Those were the two teams. I think the only teams that like, gave him an actual actual tryout. I think uh, the Broncos did too, but they wanted to give him a massive pay cut. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. I remember that. Um. Anyways, Pete Carroll pretty much came out and said, I don't. I don't want to get too deep into the whole statement, but I'll paraphrase. He pretty much came out and said that uh, after all this, this is obviously reactive. He said that he regrets not signing Colin Kaepernick in 2017. If you don't remember, if you don't remember, if you forget back then, the reason they didn't sign him, Pete Carroll literally said, "I think he's too." Pretty much paraphrasing again, he said he's too. Colin Kaepernick is too good to be a backup, and that there was supposedly another team or two that were reaching out for Colin Kaepernick, and he said he was he felt he was doing Colin Kaepernick a disservice by possibly signing him there and keeping him from other opportunities he could start somewhere else. Possibly, we don't know if any of that's factual. I'm not calling him a liar, but the fact that he's in a, he's going to come out now. And say that he regrets not signing Colin Kaepernick. And the fact that he regrets it makes me feel like there was some wrong go- there were some wrongdoings going on there. Whether it was the ups above him, the you know, the ownership maybe that was telling him, you know, we don't we don't want his ass. Make it look like we were interested, but we don't want his ass. That's what it sounds like. Because living with regret, obviously there's something that negative that you did that you're regretting. Because if you if you honestly just didn't want Colin Kaepernick, that's fine. You shouldn't feel regret for that because that was a business decision that you made you feel you're doing for the betterment of your team. And if he was too good to be a backup and you felt he should start somewhere, don't you think Colin Kaepernick knew he was coming into a backup role behind Russell Wilson? You think Colin Kaepernick thought he was going to come in there and compete with Russell Wilson as a starter? When Russell Wilson was already a champion at this point and already outright. That's like damn near coming and acting like he's going to come take Patrick Mahomes' spot. It makes no sense. If he comes to place behind Patrick Mahomes... He knows he's going to be the backup, Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to come compete for a starting spot, just like he would never come compete for a starting spot behind Russell Wilson, especially in 2017 at that time. So the fact that it's just 
him coming out now, this is a, it's honestly a bad look to my, to me, in my opinion, uh, for him to come out now and say he regrets that. Now he's sorry when they didn't, when they could have easily signed him then for, you know, for a small contract. He could have given him a chance at that point. Obviously, you didn't support Colin Kaepernick now, but now you do. So why don't you sign him now? Why don't you, who's the backup for for, Colin, for for Russell Wilson now? Nobody better than Colin Kaepernick. This is what I'm saying. So uh, you guys have a spot you can definitely fill. <clears throat> I know we talked about teams that, you know, if, if you're really that sorry, you really regret it that bad, give him another chance. He already mm-hmm. tried out for you. You already like him. You already said he's too good to be a backup. If he's too good to be a backup, prove it. Let him, let him come compete with Russell Wilson then. The fire, uh, set a fire under Russell Wilson's ass then. Not necessarily that he needs to, because Russell Wilson's a top three quarterback in this league. Not saying that that's necessary, and that's not even what I'm thinking. But I'm saying, if you really mean what you're saying, back it up. This is what I'm saying, proactive and reactive. This is a reactive, blank, no motivated statement. This is just him saying words. This is him trying to save face for the shit that he pulled in 2017. And like I said, I love and I respect this. Get this. I, lo- I love and respect him a lot as a head coach, as a person. He's very vocal. He's a good players coach. But he's having to hold it down on this one. So the Seattle Seahawks front office, Pete Carroll, you guys got to do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. Whenever I get opportunities to praise Patrick Mahomes or LeBron James, I do it. Okay. But on the other side of it, whenever I get an opportunity to shit on the Knicks, you best believe I'm doing that too. Yeah, it's a close second. Yeah. So, yeah, very close second. Not friend of the show, James Dolan and his uh, posse of the MSG area, if you will, uh, decided to finally come out with a statement when it comes to everything that is going on in our world uh, with George Floyd's uh, horrific death and, and Black Lives Matter movement continuing to grow in substantial form. Uh, the Knicks decided just three days ago to finally make a statement. And MSG as a whole, I don't want to just say the Knicks, but MSG as a whole. Uh, this is their quote-unquote verbatim uh, statement. Every one of us has a role to play in creating a more just and equal society where there is no racism, bigotry, violence, or hate. We stand with all who act for positive change. That's it? <laughs> that, that, that's what, you waited for three weeks to let us know that. Like I, I don't want to sit here and set a parameter, or like a, a standard of what it is you have to say, but not one time in that did you name a single person. Mm. Not one time did you use the word solidarity, and you sure as shit didn't use Black Lives Matter, which is the part of all of this that is the most important part. Is stating that to show that that is what your entire focus is and the purpose for a statement like this. Well, his original statement he came out and said he wasn't qual- that he felt he wasn't qualified to exactly. make a statement, which is. Which, it, which, Trash. which is even more of an embarrassment than yeah. this half-ass piece of shit attempt of, the of actually trying to show that you're a part of the, part of the movement. It, look, man, I swear I think James Dolan and the NCAA are cousins. Because you guys do all the same bullshit over and over again that is just completely wrong and you're so tone deaf and you're out of touch and you need a fucking rude awakening of how life really goes and understanding that when you have an opportunity to show that you stand in support of something real, that you say something real. 
That's an absolute joke of a statement. I, I totally, as soon as I heard it, I totally disbarred it. I threw it to the wayside just off a of reputational It's alone, bare minimum. Just because of who it came from on itself. I was, but at the same time, I was willing to give it an opportunity after reading it a few times. And after reading it a few times, it just made me more and more pissed. Yeah. So James Dolan and the MSG and all you motherfuckers over there that try to pretend like you know what you're doing and running an organization that stars refuse to go to on an annual basis, do me a motherfucking favor and hold this L. Peace, bitch. He might lose, his, right. he might lose his job, though. After As that. the owner? I mean, he might, he might get bought out. I don't know. It's well, yeah. possible. Well, hopefully his band takes off, you know, like the Pearl Jam tribute band. I mean, hopefully they get, can't find a better man. Oh, wait, yes, we can. So... I, yeah. In that, I appreciate everybody that's been a part of this, episode 68. It's been an absolute blast. It's been fun as hell. Um, I'm sure there's been a ton of comments in regards to everything we talked about tonight. But in particular, if you if you think it's crazy to think about Colin Kaepernick in a Chiefs jersey, let us know. If you're in support of it, let us know. If you're indifferent about it but want to hear a little more about it and have some dialogue to it, definitely let us know, guys. We are always open to hearing what you guys have to say. It is an open format on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hit us up at Trev the Spoken, at Eddie the Spoken. Uh, at, again, can you give us your uh, your Twitter handle real quick? Spratsgat. Spratsgat. Uh, and I'm at Lance the Spoken. Ours is The Spoken Pod. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at The Spoken Podcast. I'm telling you guys, we're open 24-7. It's always fun. It's always light. We try to make it a, a good show for you guys to enjoy. Next week is episode 69. Yeah. Can't wait for that one. We might have a little Billy Madison uh, cameo, if you will. So Maybe Rob Gronkowski, friend of the show, come on. We don't know yet. We haven't gotten a hold of his people yet. Him. He was having uh, illegal practices with Tom Brady today. So we're going to let that one hang out for a little bit. But in the meantime... Again, thank you guys so much. We had an absolute blast tonight. Cannot wait to get back here next Friday. Thank you all for everything you guys do. But until next week in episode 69, yeah, to this bitch. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. 911, what's your emergency? Señora, ¿me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después... ¡Ay, Dios mío, qué horror! No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nietzsche.